Welcome back, my Tony Giant fans. This is episode number 117, which is two great movies. These are love letters to Los Angeles, and they also happen to be the birthday movies that we're doing for Dan and myself. And we decided that we wanted to do something about Los Angeles. So we started with The Big Lebowski from 1998. Of course, that is directed by the Coen brothers and also starring Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. And we paired that with the 1991 film, L.A. Story. That was directed by Mick Jackson, but more importantly, it was written by Steve Martin and, of course, starring Steve Martin and his uh, then real-life wife, Victoria Tennant. Uh, we love these movies. They're both comedies about Los Angeles, and there's a lot of gritty movies about Los Angeles. These are ones that are very sweet and very nice uh, in a lot of ways. Now you're saying Big Lebowski is not necessarily very sweet, but there is something sweet about it. He is really basically celebrating Los Angeles in this film, so they are celebrating Los Angeles in this film. So we were kind of excited to do these, and it was really nice to do a fun, lighthearted thing for our birthday podcast. Yay! All right, a uh, couple of announcements. Uh, we are probably going to do a watch party this Saturday. If you guys want to watch that, uh, we would love to have you there. I believe that will be May 6th. Uh, if you want to know where to do that, of course, that is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Uh, make sure and subscribe to us there so you can check us out. We would love to have you uh, be part of that experience. Uh, also, if you'd like to support us, uh, the best way to do that is actually through our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash martini giant patreon.com slash martini giant and of course we would love your support as well it would be really great to have that there and lastly uh, if you guys would like to watch us because some of you may still be just be doing this through the audio file we'd love to have you on our YouTube and at least hit the subscribe button there so you can get some notifications we're doing lots of little things on YouTube as well beyond the podcast so it would be great to have you guys follow us there so our uh, YouTube page is uh, youtube.com slash at martini giant again that is youtube.com slash at Martin Giant. But for now, please enjoy episode number 117, which is The Big Lebowski and L.A. Story. Enjoy. And, All right, uh, let's get to this. Let's get to this. Speaking of jokes, <laughs> Steve this Martin. Is a, this is the movie that we wanted to do. This, again, is our birthday, our birthday special. Uh, Dan and I... We're looking at a couple of options, and then when we started browsing our, our mutual sort of movies that we see, watch over and over and over again, we decided, hey, we both have a uh, some movies that we love about L.A. So uh, Eric uh, Dan's pick is The Big Lebowski, and my pick is um, L.A. Story. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love L.A. Story. It is uh, one of my favorite. Uh, favorites and i loved it before i moved to la and then when i came to la it made it even more special <laughs> yeah uh, there are a lot of like like really clever truthful things in that movie. yes <laughs> it's very yes. funny very funny very it's funny. A little, it's definitely on the on still in the the goofy 80s style comedy that was going on right uh but like big lebowski is a is i think what we should start with big lebowski because that one is a you know a movie that's a it's a bona fide people, classic. Bona fide classic yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, really good. Uh, one of the top Coen brothers, in ter- especially in their comedy genre, because yeah. they do uh, different ones, obviously. Um, and it's also basically a love letter to Los Angeles. I think both mm-hmm. of these are love letters. Yes, yeah, uh, I would I would definitely agree with that. I think that uh, uh, Lebowski, is, like, Lebowski is often mentioned on the short list of funniest movies ever made. 
Um, but like there, it's never mentioned on the, the greatest LA movies ever when it's actually a better LA movie than most movies you think of when you think of LA movies. Right. Like it has like such awesome little details scattered throughout it. Uh, but it's weird. The rest of the film, like in the beginning, they show LA, mm-hmm. then the rest of the film, it's very, uh, there's not a lot of wide shots. Oh yeah. They keep it very, I think that's, they don't the, play yeah. the architecture, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. No, they keep it very small. It's basically all like you know, and it's, in the it's along the coast. It's on the valley. It's in, like in the in, in Venice and uh, you know up in you know in, um, Malibu and stuff like this. Uh, so it's a it's a slice of LA that you don't really thing. get to see very much. Is it me? Is it wrong to say that where they go to that party in LA Story is that the same house as Jackie Treehorn's house? No, which party? In LA Story, they go to a party and then they sneak out and have sex. No, that's not the same house. Okay, what? Did, but your friend made a model of that house. What is that house? The Jackie Treehorn house. Yeah, oh, I forgot the name of the house, but yes, Beth Hall made a 3D model of it and some incredible renderings. Yeah, uh, that's a, so, that's a great house, man. It's like, yeah, so I, I actually <laughs> he was kind enough to yeah. to send me the model because we were using it for doing some testing in V-Ray. But mm-hmm. it's so I have that whole thing. It is a. Very, very, very famous house. Yeah, it's funny um, as hell. Got the name of it, but you can look it up. Um, and yeah, Bertrand Benoit did uh, did some amazing, amazing renderings. Uh, and I used it to do some demonstrations of uh, V-Ray GPU. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that is the Sheets Goldstein residence. Yes, yeah, the Goldstein residence. There it is. Right. And if yeah. I'm pronouncing that correctly, that is, uh, and it's like I I love that house. It is like it is perfectly pitched on like the border of comedy. Like it's like it's a beautiful example of its design. Yes. And all they had to do is just put a little Jackie Treehorn on top of it, and yeah. then the, everything becomes hysterical. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's totally great. But like those couches are like they're all built in, right? It's so all like, built into the architecture. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's straight like up in the there. whole architecture. And yeah. that was very big in that in that time. Yeah. Uh, I love have- that time. I love the design of that time period. Yeah, it's yeah, so much awesome. fun. The mid-century time period is incredible. Yeah, so awesome. a lot of things were built in, like furniture is built into the architecture mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. which is kind of, kind of incredible. Um, the uh, I don't I don't remember which house that is in the LA story. I don't know if that's the case study twenty-two house or not. Uh, I will tell you this: uh, if you guys remember seeing Galaxy Quest. Yes. Galaxy yes. Quest, when he's passed out in his house and the aliens show up to pick him up, that's at the Case Study House 22, which is an incredible house. And I've oh, been to that house. That's the one up on, up over on the Hollywood Hill. Yeah. Yeah. That's also in the first episode of Columbo. Is right. it? That's great. I it's love a it. very, very, very famous house. Right. And, and, you know, all the houses, all the furniture in there is like amazing. You know, it's like it's also perfect. also a favorite, a famous photograph. Yeah. Uh, what the name is, uh, something, uh, Julius Schumann. 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 Julius Schumann did like one of the most famous photographs of that house. And it's incredible. Uh, Eric, if you find it, that picture, I can you post it right now? Put it yeah. on the on our on our chat because it's pretty, it's incredible, um, you know, a piece of architecture. But I went to go see that house. Sorry, well, it's about talking about our love of Los Angeles, so this is totally still fits in this it's situation. Good. Keep going, hey, it's our birthdays, man. It's I don't our give birthday, a shit. right? So, so I went. I, we were going to do a commercial. Uh, it was uh, when I was at Sway, and uh, the owner of Sway uh, was uh, uh, Mark Glazer. 
and he wanted we we're going to do a commercial for some champagne thing right and so we need to find this really beautiful piece of architecture which had you know windows to the outside so you could see the city right that was the idea so it was going to be uh the the theme of it was going to be that the 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 wire the wire things of the champagne come to life as little characters and start dancing uh, i see right, right? And they're dancing on the tabletop, but you can see in the background out of focus the city of Los Angeles or whatever, right? And so we had to find this right place. And somehow our location scout got us got was able to get us to go see Case Study Twenty Two. So I was like, "What the?" I get a private tour of this residence. I was just so excited, right? Yeah. We go in there, we get inside, and we're looking at it. And then Mark says. Well, all this furniture is really old, so we're going to have to get rid of that. It's like, you can't move yeah, a single freaking table in here. Nothing. <laughs> it has to be exactly like this or it doesn't work. You are an idiot if you think you're going to put in some big fluffy couches in yeah, this exactly. house. Come on, man. It's the whole thing. It's the whole design. That's the whole idea. Exactly. And I was so upset when I heard that. I was like, oh, you're an idiot. What are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, there it is. Julius Schumann. That, yeah, that's the uh, that's the scene from um, – uh, the Allen movie with Max von Sydow as the uh, uh, saying like you can't buy art by the yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This was yeah. This is the very famous photograph from the that I was talking about, Eric. That's the one because that it's the women, yeah, and they're very pretty dresses, and she's over the cliff through the glass. It's absolutely incredible. Right on, right on. Um, Julius Schumann. Yeah, but yeah, I was at that. Yeah, that house is incredible. And it still has all the same furniture in it that it had from these photographs, uh, which is cool. Okay. Uh, what yeah, this is – is that also the – I can't remember. There's the, is, is the house in Heat this house or is that the one in East L.A.? The, the one, one in East heat LA. house? No. That's not the Heat That's house. That's not this it, house. Because it has the same like cantilevered uh, – Yes. No, Look. that's yeah, that's because no, not not De Niro's house. I'm thinking of Danny Trejo's house, which is on the hill. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's um... it's not the same one. And yep. then there's another. What's the other house that's a what a cliff house is in? Um... Lethal Weapon Two. No, yeah, there's Lethal Weapon. You're right, but I, the one I was thinking of is uh, 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 Get Shorty. Oh one. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Still a good movie. That's a fun movie. I like that. Movie. I like it, Shorty. I haven't. That's another good. LA, yeah, we should probably cover them. Did we? Did we do Get Shorty years we ago? We haven't done Get Shorty. That's on the list. That's that's a pretty good one. That's a great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now I'm sure. I am almost positive that everyone here has seen The Big Lebowski, but uh, we were going to say talk about it anyway. Uh, it was interesting. Brady had not seen it. He saw it yesterday. He was. He's heard so much about it. Well, this is one of those movies. It's like 2001. Anyone yeah, who sees 2001 today is like, I have already seen all of these images in other right. things. I mean, it literally opens with, where's the money, Lebowski? <laughs> where's the money, Lebowski? <laughs> well, that's not exactly true. It opens up with a beautiful wide shot of Los Angeles. And what's his name? Uh, who's What's the guy's name? The actor? The, the, the cowboy there. The cow- uh, yeah. yeah, Sam so-and-so with the big Sam, mustache. Yeah, Sam, Sam Elliott. Elliott. And uh, uh, narrating. Narrating. About, about and, L.A. About L.A. And he shows up out of nowhere 
at the exact midpoint of the film. I looked it up. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's a, a, yeah, exactly. Exactly. exactly at the, the Coens point. are nothing if not structuralists. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> like, uh, this is it, man. Perfect. Yeah. Their and, movies are architectural. And I should note as well that, you know, LA story has got some really great shots, et cetera, et cetera. But this is a true work of art by <laughs> Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. Yeah. This yeah. is great. It's and it's strange. like, this is a, this, this is one of the two, like, there's two ways to shoot comedy. Uh, yes. One is to do it the Tootsie way, which is just leave everything wide, wide. Angle, yeah. like and to let it play out like a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is like, this is a rarer kind where it's more or less shot like TV comedy, right? A uh, single camera TV comedy um, in terms of its edit. Right. Sure. Uh, and it's a very, it's a lot of edit dependent comedy um, because the Coens are very tight about what they're doing. Um, at the same time, Deacons uses this, uh, which is like, because usually TV photography is just automatically boring. Like mm-hmm. instead he comes up with some of the Cohen's greatest frames, which is a very, it's a very limited kind of frame to be working with and a very limited palette to be working with. And it's not meant to be a pretty movie because that would be distracting from the comedy itself. But he makes it pretty and but hilarious he, at he the makes same it, time. Exactly. It's right? very you know, subtle, like, but brilliantly, like brilliantly this, done. The scene behind me, which is, I, I, I said is one of my favorite scenes of any movie with, with the Jesus, right? He's a but better ass he, dude. <laughs> he really, he really took advantage of getting some ridiculous shots at the bowling alley oh, that are incredible. hilarious. Yeah. Truly, but so truly incredible. Amazing. Like, so, yeah. like, you know, the ball coming, obviously yeah. traveling, the ball going down the, the, the bowling alley is perfect. It's oh, great, it's great. Right? It's great. But also, he'll be inside the ball, which is also weird. <laughs> yep, the, the big rolling bits. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but even like the the like the frames of them just lounging out and sitting, oh, yeah. like it's a beautiful frame. Like these are like just cl- the stillness is beautiful. It's incredibly, it's right. incredibly well staged. Um, yeah. and like these look like if you were to just take them out of context and not know what they were, like you'd think this was like some maybe uh early seventies. Um, photography, like, mm-hmm. li- like life magazine photography about professional bowlers would look like this. Right. And, uh, and so it really captures this world, every single, every single frame. And like the, the, the production design is as much of a character as any of the people that are, uh, that have got lines. Yep. It's really like it's uh, people, un- I think it, the, the production value and the cinematography of the movie are hugely underrated because it's hard. This is not the kind of thing you give an Oscar to. Right. This is the kind of like, the oh, reason, I, I it, think it should be up there though. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. But it's the kind of thing that people, people recognize great work like Deacon's own work and, um, Jesse James, right? Like, which is just like, you can't not see how beautiful it is. Um, sure. but when you have to underplay it in service of the film and you still do work that's of insane quality, like that's real pro. Like that's and Deacons knows exactly how to fold himself into the his stuff into is the thing. So beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. He's like he knows how to play ball with a movie. He doesn't he doesn't show off. Uh, even in Jesse James, I would argue he does not show off. Like the movie needs to be beautiful. That's what the movie's about. Sure. Uh, so he makes it very obviously beautiful. But um, but he knows when to take his foot off the gas, and uh, and it's really, I like really when terrific. You put like use car metaphors. Yeah, I, I'm. 
Obviously. Hey, I started to drive. I'll have you know when I was 37 years old. So I know a lot about cars. I would like you, (laughs) I would like you to use carburetor in the, in the, as a metaphor. If I, if I'm just going to do a little Google check as to what that may be, (laughs) (laughs) I'll get right back to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Brady had not seen this yet. No, he hadn't. And he was, he, he laughed and then he was disappointed a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know if I like this movie. And I, it's just, I think because it had so many tropes that he heard of and it never mm-hmm. sort of got into context. I think he needs to see it a few times or maybe be slightly more mature to see it and get it. I think that's it. And it's a generational thing too. Sure. I, well, also when this came out, it bombed. Like nobody liked this movie. Really? Like they had the first, the first reactions on this movie were kind of like, eh, it's not far. It's not Fargo. Well, um, yeah, because like, I get it. Because Fargo was at that time was huge oh yeah i mean and fargo is a work of art in itself and it's a thriller yeah, and all this stuff but like right? like they, they're just like it, they, it's not as good as their early work like raising arizona it's not as like like they, like people completely missed the missed the gate on this thing and, and right. to a point so did i like i thought it was good but i didn't i wasn't like over the moon over it yeah over and, this movie when you saw it yeah when i first saw it, i was like oh that was really really funny i liked it but like it i think it was the same i, I think i, I got love, i was in right, on, right on, well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah but I think a also, lot of Eric, it is the sly humor, or it's just mm-hmm. the what, just the the dry humor. I love and I get, and so I totally was like, oh, yeah. this is a masterpiece. Yeah, well, because uh, I kind of felt the way I, I think I you felt love about, LA though a lot yeah. too. Eric, There's right? a window in, yeah, sure. Yeah, the first time I saw it, it was living in what Boston, so it was it was less familiar. But like, I, I feel like it's like I feel the same way. Like for instance, uh, I was underwhelmed the first time I saw Hail Caesar. And now I've seen Hail Caesar like thirty fucking times. Like oh it's unbelievably God. funny you to told me now. Me to watch it, and it is so brilliant. I, I, I can't tell you how much I love that movie. <laughs> like I now, I love every single line from Hail Caesar. I think that's an incredibly, incredibly funny movie. But but the first time I saw it, it just hadn't worked its way in there yet. It has yeah. to. It's a it's a repetition. Well, thing. here's the thing. I last time I saw L.A. Story was in the theaters. Yeah, oh, maybe, really? Yeah, it's yeah. It's been a while I was for me in as well. love with Sarah Jessica Parker. I was like, I love, yeah. I've seen she that movie so, so many. Beautiful. I was like, yep. God, this girl is so. And um, and then I, the luster sh- faded mm-hmm. when Sex in the City because I was like, Oh God, she's so annoying. It's like, yeah, it's true. yeah. Not my not my show. Not my show. Well, it's funny. Is funny. Uh, I had a um, a producer I work with again at Sway, <laughs> same one, and uh, she was very sort of bubbly and high energy and like, you know, forward, you know, like putting her sexuality out there, but not in a, like in a funny, cute, yeah, fun hilarious way. way. Yeah, cool way. And I said, I said, you're, you're exactly Sarah Jessica Parker's character from LA story. She goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never seen it. And so I, I kind of jokingly said that in, in, in front of, uh, Martin, in front of our, cl- our, our clients who were from <laughs> Sachi and Sachi. And, it, and the, one of the producers like, oh, my God, you're absolutely right. She's like, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, because she's a, she is a hilarious character, Sandy. But we'll, we'll get to that in point. Okay, let's opening shot is actually a piece of the tumbleweed coming through Los Angeles, dropping yes. down through the hills. With Hollywood tumbling, hills. tumbling weeds, tumbleweeds playing right. on, the, on the soundtrack. On the song. And it yeah. literally is coming down the hill mm-hmm. and then down the middle of the highway mm-hmm. <laughs> on the street into the parking lot of the bowling alley. Is it that? No, no. And it, well, it finally ends up in a beach in 
On Malibu. Beach like in Malibu, yeah, that's exactly. right. It rolls up, rolls all the way to the Ro- beach. All the way to the beach in Malibu. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm probably understanding Corbina's there right now. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a, <laughs> it, it, it crosses all of Los Angeles and uh, all of Los unknowingly Angeles. rolls on through. And while it's doing that, we're hearing Sam Elliott narrate the story about this saying, this is a story about the dude. The dude. <laughs> yeah, that's right? not a name I would self-apply where I come from. <laughs> right. Great line. <laughs> I don't know if too many people know that. Dude is actually is actually cowboy slang for moron right <laughs> yeah like in the old in the olden days if you called somebody a dude you're calling them like that's yeah, a, i, I, I they call them dude ranches right dude it's dude ranch yeah these guys dude yeah, ranches don't know anything novices people yeah. who don't know what the hell they're doing go yeah, there really? to yep yeah yep dude dude is an, it is an insult it's like it's like uh, this clown doesn't know what he's doing yeah yep. dude's the, the, was the what's the what's the uh, the movie i'm thinking of city slickers that's mm-hmm. a dude yeah. ranch, right? That's so, a dude ranch. Yeah. Right. So yeah. anyway, talking about the dude. And uh, the dude, then you get, as he continues to talk to him, you see uh, uh, Jeff Bridges walking around in his bathrobe. And is he wearing slippers or plastic yeah, sandals? Plastic, yeah. plastic, plastic sandals. Plastic sandals. sandals. At a Ralph's. <laughs> At a Ralph's and shorts right. and, and a same such a t-shirt. Shot and yeah. just pull up to him. Now, what's so amazing about that Ralph shot, because this was shot in 1998, that Ralph's look and the milk, the, the half and half right. that he gets, yep. it looks like it's today. It's the same yeah, vibe. Same I was noticing it's like it yeah, looks exactly the same as you would go yeah. into a Rouse today, yeah. and it's like, it's been almost thirty years. <laughs> and in a perfect uh, like it, the the music that's playing rhymes with the tumbling tumbleweed song. And yep. all. It's like it's, it's wait, has it been twenty five years? Big Lebowski's yeah. twenty five years. Yeah, I think so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So happy birthday, Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yep. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Big Lebowski, quarter century. Anyway, so that is what he's doing, and he's buying himself. A, a a quart of half and half for his uh, drink, which mm-hmm. is white Russians. He just drinks white Russians the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's got a big, bushy beard and mustache, so he always has a little bit of milk. Like, crusted up around, crusted up around the top of his <laughs> thing. And he, the like details, some put the some character details are so brilliant in this uh, oh, show. Yeah, what? it's the character details, like the little things. Oh, it's oh, yeah. little, yeah, touches all over the place. Like there, it's such a character. Very it's heavy. like the, it's such a character heavy movie. There's so many classics, classic characters. In this Every thing. single person that comes yep. through the screen yep. is a, a bigger than life. Yeah. Walter, oh, create Bunny, Walter, Maude, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> everybody. It's a showstopper. Yeah. Even the videographer guy who's like, <laughs> he's the best, the best. Who is this man? <laughs> who, is, who are these guys? Oh, wait, he's also in the season three of uh, the Fargo TV series. That's, that's uh, David Thewlis is his name. And he's a terrific yeah. character actor. You will see him if you ever want to see like, is a great movie that uh, will offend plenty of people if they watch it. Uh, it's called Naked. Uh, Mike Lee's Naked with a premiere My- performance that I feel is, and he's fucking insanely good. Incredible actor. Great, great actor. And now he's sort of settled into being a very, he's like the charming old man kind of, kind of personality. But when he was young, he was a fucking hot, hot ticket, man. Unreal. Like he's in, if you saw the third season of Fargo, he plays that weird con man. I haven't seen the third season yet. I watched. I liked uh, the first season. I got hung up on the second season. And I haven't continued. Don't get hung up. 
I won't. I'll keep going. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. We need you on the podcast. Yep. Okay. okay. Keep on chopping, <laughs> chopping through, chopping through. Okay. So, uh, where was I? But, he, Brady, but Brady thought it was a little, uh, he, like too much of it. He'd seen too much of it before. Was, yes. uh, was basically his, his takeaway. I don't know if that's what it was. I mean, the, he, he started really laughing every time he said, shut the fuck up, Donnie, because that <laughs> he thought was funny. Yep. It's uh, a, it's a totally also a, a generational thing too. It could be. A lot, you know, a I lot think of that, that's kind of true. I mean, the thing is like when I, when I think of like, I don't know, because like, he could have just not seen it in the right circumstance. He may right. need to see it another time. Yeah. And it may, it may grow, like, but I hear what you're saying, Eric, but it was just like, and I think like there's, there's something to be said for the fact that like, I don't know very many people, let alone young people, but like, I don't know very many people whose appreciation of anything earlier today than today is very large. <laughs> like, like things that are happening now are interesting and things that are I mean, I'm saying this about like 50 year olds. I'm not saying this about like all oh, the young kids. I'm just like people's sort of cultural window has closed substantially in the past few years. That's um, very true. And uh, I, so I, I, I think that that's it's like like there's a very we're in a very specific moment when it's difficult to uh, be in a mood to appreciate things that are of an older vintage. Whereas like when I was growing up, you know, like I was like like I was watching comedies from literally 20 30 years before i was born easily oh, all the time well, so is he right right I mean, exactly he's, no, he's, a, he's a great example of like because of you and and introducing him to new stuff and he's a very open-minded kid sure yeah so like I, I i completely appreciate where he's coming from what's interesting is that he's got a friend of his who's a massive cinephile because his father's a director right mm -hmm. and so this kid i mean i like what he's doing but you know it's about you know he likes to watch a lot of a lot of very interesting things. So, but is that Brady coming home? No, oh, it's, it's Karen. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, that kid likes to watch like everything, right? Like science nice. of the land, nice. seven and all that stuff. Right. And Brady's like, not interested, not interested, not interested. Sure. But I also think that that kid also likes to watch those films because he says, I've watched a film that's, you know, normally not seen by, you know, so that's kind of like a, a brag in a way. Yeah, you know sure. I mean? Sure. I was I, much the same way, much yeah. the same way. Um, right. but yeah, no, I, I think that that's a, like, I'm actually, I, I congratulate Brady for being like, he has seen, um, he's why you know, he's watched with you guys, like a bunch of movies that I know that people in his age group just wouldn't like, be interested in at all. Like the so, shining, the shining, et cetera, like et cetera. So like, yeah, same, <laughs> um, you know, like about all sorts of comedies, all sorts of things like, and the fact that he loves Frasier already puts him on the. The, quote, the taste radar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the wit. It's the, it's the yeah. subtle wit that he likes. Right. right. Whereas, uh, whereas I also think that Big Lebowski has that subtle wit, but it's buried beneath very obvious broad jokes. Like broad loads jokes of them. And, and also a lot of foul language. Like, like a lot right? of foul language. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Right. Um, okay. So he buys the milk. <laughs> We're still at the first scene. This is how it goes, guys. He buys the milk. Uh, he goes to his house. And he's sort of skipping along. He's got a really beat up car. By the way, did you know that they were supposed to explain in the movie how he still has money and no job? So, really? yes. So, uh, apparently he inherits money from or residuals for from the guy who invented the Rubik's Cube. That's, that's, that was the, where he's supposed that's to get funny. his money. That's funny. But they decided to take that out. He's like, we don't need that. Like, I need their right, I think, you know? Oh, yeah. No, it's funnier. Just have, you know, like, he's like, he's just the kind of guy where you're really? like, where'd you get that? 
It was in, in one of the IMDb trivia things, apparently. The Rubik's Cube is pretty funny. But like, yeah. I like it being sort of mysterious because like you, you do go like, how does, like, how does he live? But I know people like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you just, it's sort of a like mystery. Kramer from Seinfeld. Like, yeah, what's like, what the fuck does this dude do? Has he have an apartment? Yeah. No, it's, it's like, and the thing is like, the dude is like, what I love about the dude is like, it's, he's become an icon of Zen, right? Oh, it's the sort right. of the dude, the dude abides, right? The dude is the least fucking Zen character in this movie. Right. He is wound up in a high anxiety situation the entire time. Like he is more he's wound tighter than Walter and Walter is ready to pop. Right. Know? And uh and the idea that he is like this yeah, completely... Donnie's the most chill of all of them. Donnie yeah. is the Zen one. That's what I was getting <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, man. Yeah. Donnie like I said before, Donnie is the hero of the movie. Yeah. And, like he does he's not getting mixed up in all this bullshit. No. Like he the only time he is stressed out is when his friends are immediately in danger. Right. And uh and that's too much for him. Right. You know, but uh, the rest of them he's like hmm. <laughs> right. Everything is interesting to Donnie and he's always smiling. Right. Which is uh which is what the dude should be doing if he's actually a a Zen character. But in fact he is he is a he is a character that you tell a Zen story about, which is Right. Which is how you introduce <laughs> him through through Sam Elliott. Yes. Right. Right. And that's the Zenist most calming yeah, exactly. voice. You know, that, that, that is the voice that you want to lullaby from, right? Yeah. He is fucking hysterical. Yeah. We, I, it's a, I ain't seen no queen or goddamn undies. <laughs> I ain't seen no queen or goddamn undies. <laughs> yeah, I've seen everything. I've seen things every bit as stupefying as, like, this <laughs> language is perfect. It's tra- like perfectly charming. I ain't never been to Paris, France. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. And he's been, he's been playing that character for a long time. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite Sam Elliott character? <laughs> This is one of them. I think this that's is way definitely up there. Up there. Yeah. He's not in there for very long. No, it's very it's little. a perfectly. It's like he's. I, I always remember him from Mask. Oh mask, yeah, he's very good yeah, at Mask. Very he's, good he's, he's a very good actor. Yeah, he's very. I remember my, the one I always remember him is uh, "Thank You for Smoking." <laughs> that's right. He's like that. literally is like that's you right. could not have picked a better Marlboro man. Oh, Roadhouse is a good one, Jason. Yeah, Roadhouse. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I'm actually a tremendous fan of, um, the, the new, uh, star is born. I thought that was an extraordinarily well-made movie oh. and, uh, his, uh, his, his story, the, the, the relationship he has with Cooper is, is terrifically drawn, but like, as far as an icon goes, it's hard to beat the cowboy and big Lebowski. Like that's the thing he will be remembered for. And I, and I'd venture to say that's, that's the part he's going to ride into the sunset. Every time you see him on like the cover of like fucking cigar magazine, like, that's cigar that's the image magazine. he's selling. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, cigar magazine <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's, um, that is his vibe. Okay, so so was he really on the cover of cigar magazine? I I'm going to venture to say yes, but I don't know for sure. I would <laughs> say funny. more than likely he's he's on Guns that's and Ammo funny. as well. But I mean, like he's, he's been <laughs> he's selling not on this. Guns and Ammo. He's on <laughs> Ammo, soft spoken. <laughs> but he's been he's been plays up that shtick quite. Speaking of quite which, strongly. I got to tell you, it was really kind of terrifying today. I was, uh, I had to charge my car. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I might as well charge my car because I was driving by a supercharger station on my way home. And so I go to, to there and park. And in the parking lot where, where I'm charging my car across there, there is a whole bunch of Trump supporters gathering to do a protest. Mm. No. And 
I was just, Did you get I was involved? like getting nervous. Like, and it's just all these giant flags, a lot of nasty things written on t-shirts and flags. Nice. That's great to hear. And it's just so, and the, the amount of swag these guys have, like, I don't think, I think he just wants to make money off their swag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is correct. I'm he doesn't gonna, actually I'm gonna care. go out of a limb and say, He's a fucking scam artist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that is what his actual goal is. Like, he's a snake oil salesman. That's all yeah, he is. Absolutely. Doesn't absolutely. make any difference. He's just anyway, always a Trump stick. So I stayed in my car. I did not go outside. It was a little. And there were blaring country music talking about Trump. I didn't know there was a whole bunch of country know, music written about him. Yes, okay. yes, yes. But no, right. and not, and not to, I don't mean to, I hope I wasn't uh, slamming Sam Elliott. I love him. And I, I I think he's actually a very, like, he seems like a very nice guy. Eric and I, I met him. I, yeah, he seems like a very nice guy. We worked kind on a movie guy. with him. But, yeah. Was he a nice guy? <laughs> he's a very nice guy. Well, I he believe that. He came to a screening room to see some shots we were doing on Ghost Rider mm-hmm. uh, with his daughter. And his daughter was uh, very attractive, very nice. <laughs> comes from good genes i understand that genes. right yep. but he's, okay. he seems like a genuine fellow so i, I definitely Very genuine yep. and 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 he does he does have a you know a deep a, voice but a soft voice like yeah 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 he, very he, cool he, he knows he knows he knows where, where his money maker's located yep right there yep, <laughs> yep. so right. uh so when he <laughs> when lebowski comes home he is immediately attacked by two guys who grab him and shove his head down the toilet and yell, where's the money, Lebowski? Which is, the, everyone knows the money, that. Lebowski, yes. Everyone knows that. Right? And so as he does that and spills the milk, it's kind of gross. His apartment is a gross apartment yeah, owned nasty. by a bachelor apartment. Yeah. Right? It's a slovenly bachelor pad. Right? You know exactly what that place smells like. Yeah. It's like unwashed and, dishes, a yeah, little sweaty. The toilet, the toilet seat just looks just kind of gross and the, like, everything is kind of exactly. bad. And his head is going down that toilet. So yeah. it's not really cool. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's down in there. Give me another look. Splash. Guys, wasn't one of the guys Flea who beats him up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flea, Flea is in the movie. He's one of the he's one of the nihilist gang. He's not oh, one he's of the, one of the nihilist, people, but he's one of the okay. nihilists. Yeah, yeah. He, the two guys good. are there. He's, one he's is the one, with the big... one is Asian American. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. he keeps calling him the Chinaman. Yeah, which which is a incredible running joke about like the uh, about Lebowski, the big Lebowski, right? And his own. Racism. We're is gonna get to that one in a second. <laughs> and one so, of the best lines ever written is about right, that. Yeah. Right. And so they keep yelling at him and he's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, right? Says yeah. our Lebowski. Like he's like, I'm not the Lebowski, I'm the dude, right? I'm the dude, man. And so, man. And so they they decide to punish him by peeing on his rug. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And he's really upset about it. And then they realized, like, hold on a second, the two guys who are idiots, like, isn't this guy supposed to be a really rich guy? Yeah. And they're looking around the apartment and they're like, this is – guy's a this loser. Is, the guy's a loser. <laughs> exactly. What the like, fuck is the this? Wrong, you got the wrong Lebowski, right? <laughs> Holding up a bowling ball and saying, what the fuck is this? Because obviously you're not a golfer. That's one of the best lines in the movie. <laughs> oh, there's so many golden <laughs> <laughs> Endless. This movie is just fucking endless. Like, it's just so, so many good lines in this. Yeah. Uh, and so as, uh, right. And so then at this point they leave him and he, the, I think the next scene is he goes to the bowling alley, right? To meet his buddies, yeah, he right? Goes to, to his buddies, so yeah. this is now we're introduced to Walter and Donnie, right? Yes. Who are his, uh, his teammates on the, on the, on the bowling, uh, right. bowling league, right? Donnie's incredibly sweet. Um, not particularly bright, but incredibly particularly kind. Bright. 
Yeah. And, uh, and Walter, Walter is, <laughs> is a Vietnam vet who is wound up to such an extreme. He is looking for an excuse for violence. That's yes. what Walter's all about. And he Walter is, is played by, uh, John Goodman mm-hmm. and Donnie is played by, um, uh, uh, what, what, I mean, Steve Donnie, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Thank you. Yes. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Um, and Walter, <laughs> the dude is explaining to, to, Walter, what happened? And he's like, "Man, that was my rug. You know, it really tied the room together." Yeah, and the dude is not <laughs> intent on doing anything about this. He's just sort of like pissed. He's like, "No, it's like, yeah, it kind of sucks." And, so, and, and he explains like, "There's another Lebowski. There's another <laughs> right. uh, uh, Lebowski out there." Right. Uh, and it's the, Walter who gets him all revved up to like, yeah, you Walter, gotta get your Walter money wants right? revenge. Yeah. Yes, always wants revenge. Yes. Oh, he, Even like, if it's for someone else, he thinks the world has been is incredibly unfair, and, and he's there to, and owes him big time. Like yes. even if it's somebody else's fight, doesn't matter. He's just yes. like you're doing it wrong. You have to do it this way. Blah blah blah. Do this. I, the I only also think way. he just wants to be in charge. Yeah, absolutely. He, he wants control. just being the head, like like an older brother. Exactly. Right. He wants control over his life, which he doesn't have. And it's, it's shown that he doesn't have it because he still thinks about his ex-wife and is like, you know, fucking taking care of his ex-wife's dog. Right. You know? And uh, the dude's like, why would you fucking take care of her dog? Like, I would, if she were told me to take care of this Pomeranian, I'd be like, fuck you, board it. Right. <laughs> you know? That's got papers. That's got papers, dude. The dog <laughs> is fucking papers. <laughs> it's so good. And uh, like the thing where like Walter is is Jewish by association. Like right. he's not, he's not he, born Jewish, but because his wife was Jewish, no, he's he, now, became, he became, he became Jewish, Jewish and now he, he still practices, even though they're not married. And so he's very, shaman. very intent on re- retaining his Judaism. And, uh, to the point of like being really pushy about it with everybody else. Right. <laughs> just like, I don't roll on Shabbos. Like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> and he's just hysterical. He's like this, he's this character that is just like, he wants definition in his life so badly right. that even when it's utterly ludicrous, he just goes all the way to the wall with it, no matter what. Extreme. Yeah. Extreme. That's the and only so, choice for Walter. The dude is basically just trying to like, hey man, you know, come on, you know, and just telling the story. Donnie just overhears the story between the two <laughs> of them. This happens throughout the film constantly interrupts asking questions about like, Hey, what, 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 rug are, you, what are you talking Iron about? Walrus. Yeah. Walrus. They're talking about like Lennon, Lennon right? Not, not, Walrus. not John not Lennon. John uh, Lennon, uh, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of your element. <laughs> and so he keeps interrupting the story about the rug or whatever. It's like, what rug, what rug? The, the, and then it's like, Donnie? shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck, fuck up, Donnie. Like he, that's, he, he starts every sentence with shut the fuck up, Donnie. And sometimes is, he just says it's okay. Casually, he'll stop in the middle. Shut the fuck. What? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an instinct. Yeah. There's a couple it's times so where fun. like, oh, wait, Donnie has a point. Or yeah, exactly. Just like, oh, you say it's going to be rolling against us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like posting the bowling scores or whatever it is. Right. Like, yeah. It's like, and, and like Walter, the thing is like Walter is a really lovable, good person. Like Walter is not a bad person. Um, but Walter is an unsatisfied well, person, and, and he's looking and for he, fights the, with everybody. The, problem, the real problem with with Walter is he thinks he's really smart. And yes. he's not smart so at all. That theme of satisfaction. Yes. Walter is unsatisfied with his life, and he yes. rages. That's John Goodman, mm-hmm. right? Right. Jeff Bridges is not satisfied with his life, and. He, oh, I think Jeff Bridges is completely satisfied with his life. All right, so then he's completely satisfied, and then Donnie is doesn't realize he's too dumb to realize 
Well, Donnie's like Donnie's the perfect. Donnie's like, a good bowler. That's why he's D- there. Don- Donnie is the perfect vessel for life. Like I think that the the dude is sort of the is the human of the three, right? And then these two are opposite sources. You know, like you have John. It's a devil angel kind of routine where it's like John Goodman is rage, irritation, dissatisfaction with the moment. You know, vengeance, et cetera, et cetera. Owens, uh, and then uh, Donnie is purity, forgiveness love uh totally unaware of any other influences of anything like he's also just vulnerability like, and vul- yeah. vulnerability yeah. and like he's just like he's the sort of thing that you wish you could defend you know it's just the purity and goodness of donnie and he's treated like shit and he's treated like shit <laughs> by the two of them mainly the, walter my, all the time yeah but 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 take it for granted you know all this kind of stuff but but the dude doesn't do anything to help him either he just no, kind he does of nothing. like exactly no, does nothing right yeah and so like the, the dude is a good guy but the dude is the is actually the is the human person between these two I- icons right uh and uh and so he is the one that can be sort of swayed this way and that and it's walter that sways him hardest that right. he's a very like in, in terms yeah exactly like in in terms of zen walter is mara like he is like the he isn't he is he is giving you the illusion intensely so you get you step away from the bodhi tree right and mm. uh and that's what that's what walter's like walter means it you know and it's very convincing but it really has nothing like everything that Walter is saying has nothing to do with reality at all. Like everything is a made up story that he's getting mad about. It doesn't make any difference. Like yeah. they just let even, it go. Even him in Vietnam, if, all that. Exactly. What does this have to do with Vietnam, Walter? No, everything has to do with Vietnam because he has to hold, that's the thing he has to hold. That's against the him. thing that defines him. That's, right. the, that's the part of his life that gives, offers the most definition. And, okay. uh, uh, and it's, it's, so there's this, there's a Zen story that's going on in this. It's just like, it's not the way that people think it is. Right. Absolutely. So these three characters that we mentioned are very key to that thing. And so that's a good way to sort of phrase them as we move forward. And then the, the, the next thing that they decide, he decides to do is to say, find the other Lebowski, Jeffrey Lebowski. They're both Jeffrey Lebowski, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, and, and who's a very rich guy mm-hmm. and complain to him that, Someone pissed on his rug and thought it was him, so he wants to be reimbursed yeah, for his rug. You owe money to some thugs. The thugs pissed on my rug, ruined my rug. Right, I right. want you to pay for my rug because this wouldn't have happened except you're an asshole. <laughs> that, that is his excuse. And he is totally chill as he goes through. Uh, he is greeted by his helper, who's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. One of the top three Hoffman performances for me. Like, he is fucking hysterical in this. Yeah. Like, as the assistant, yeah, <laughs> absolutely flawless, absolutely yeah. flawless. Uh-huh. It's it's so hard to make such a small, uh, ridiculous character so lovable that like he is on point. The whole he's so scared all the time for his job. Like, he's just like and it, like if anything goes wrong, he starts cackling madly. Right, <laughs> like, it's absolutely fucking hysterical. Yeah. Everything like, is terrifying to him. Yeah, it's so good. He's such a small man. It's it's incredible. Uh, and who plays who plays the other Lebowski? What's his name? The actor? Oh, he's terrific. I'll have to look that up. He is a, he's he is amazing. This thing. Who plays the big Lebowski? That's that, the big Lebowski. That's how they they. The did. big Lebowski is played uh, David Huddleston. Is that it, David Huddleston? Yeah. Not, okay, I believe that. That sounds good. Yes, David Hulson. 
And uh, yeah, David Tolson is just one of those guys who's been around forever. You know, he right. plays the heavy in a million like seventies movies and all this kind of stuff. But he, and he perfectly he, into this role, right? So he, like I said, no one really is doing a very subtle job with their character oh, in no. any in this whole thing, and yeah. and he is no exception. Yeah, and so he supposedly is a quote unquote philanthropist, right? <laughs> but he is an aggressive. And and oh right, Philip Seymour Hoffman is giving them a giving him a tour of this his office. Is so good. So <laughs> well, this funny, is man. the key to the city of Pasadena. <laughs> yes, yeah. Brent, uh, he's playing Brent, right? That's his name. Like, yeah, yeah. And Brent, and Brent wants to give you a tour. <laughs> yes, that's when the yeah, so, and that's when Mister Mister Lebowski met the uh, the first lady of the nation. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> This is uh, this was when when she was lady of the nation, not of California. Not of California. <laughs> That's right. First lady of the nation. Yeah, like right. unfortunately, the president could not uh, meet with him. Yes, yes, yes. Poor, poor Mr. Reagan could not meet with him. But uh, and and one and another great throwaway line that also has to do with Lebowski's use uh, understanding of. Uh, race. Right. <laughs> it's like the little Lebowski urban achievers. Urban achievers. Urban achievers. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yes, those are Mr. Lebowski's children. And they're just, oh, so he's kind of racially cool. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. no. <laughs> <laughs> he, does it's that, unbelievable. he does that so well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, Mr. Lebowski, you know, this subtext is like, actually, Mr. Lebowski is a gigantic racist and he's using these kids to grow money off of other people and waste it on its own schemes. Right. <laughs> oh my God. It's absolutely, it's so fucking funny. And a classic shot of Jeff Bridges looking in the mirror for, with the Time, oh, magazine, the Time magazine Magazine. Uh, it, oh my God. Like, it's like it, it, any 20 minute sequence of this movie is like an entire movie's worth of great jokes. Yep. It's just phenomenal. And so when finally Lebowski comes up, the big Lebowski comes in in a wheelchair and he starts yelling. He's like, all right, what the hell's going on? You're a Lebowski. I'm a Lebowski. Lebowski. Who the hell cares? Right. (laughs) Right. And so he starts telling, he's like, well, I want my rug. Right. And so it's like, I'm not giving you a rug. (laughs) Get a job, sir. Get a job. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. When's the last time you worked? It was on a weekday? You're dressed like that on a weekday? He's like, like, what's today? (laughs) Wait, it's a weekday? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, it's because, like, what's awesome is that, like, it's a great example because, like, not only is he, like, uh, the big Lebowski is, like, a perfect uh, uh, sort of rip on. Uh, you know, the bullshit aspect of capitalism and like, you know, just like these kinds of fucking yo-yos who think they are such geniuses when actually they're basically using other people's money and, uh, and riding into the earth. But it doesn't just like make fun of the rich. Like it also goes, Oh yeah, no, he's still right about Jeff Lebowski. <laughs> like <laughs> that dude is a slob. He doesn't know what day it is. The guy is a slacker. A little bit of a slacker. <laughs> like, they're both idiots. 
But oh, he also man, says, so good. he starts talking about blaming other people for problems. And he did, that's the line that you love so much where he talks oh about that. So he's in a wheelchair. We should, I don't know if I said that or not, but anyway, yeah. he's in a wheelchair. And so what does he say? <laughs> this is one of the all t- for me, this is one of the maybe two or three greatest lines ever written because it tells so much of a story in such a small space. In five seconds. <laughs> in five seconds. When he goes, when he says like, I don't blame anybody for the loss of my legs. Some Chinaman took them from me in Korea. Like and it's just like, whoa! So much to so much to unpack. So much to unpack. First of all, I don't blame anybody except this guy who stole my legs. I don't blame anyone, and then I immediately blame someone. Immediately blame someone, and then it's just this Chinaman who took them from me in Korea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to know about a character, there is no denser piece of writing. Ever with that, <laughs> like that's that's everything in a nutshell. It's just like I, the, that was like so from the moment I heard it the first time, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like they probably wrote that line, and they're like, "We have to make some kind of movie around this." <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievably funny! Oh, it's so funny! It's so did funny! So have, he yells what, at him. What was the yelled- genesis for that? Like, did I, they see somebody in a bowling alley in LA on a visit? They, they, a friend of theirs, it's a, it's a combination of a couple of people. Uh, but the, there's a friend of theirs who is, uh, who they say it's big, the, that the Jeff Lebowski is very much based on. And, uh, the dude, and that, you mean. yeah, the dude. And, uh, he's kind of so, like a Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah. Kind of and like yeah. he's been buddies with the Coen brothers for a long time. Um, but it's, uh, between that and I think there's one, I forgot who the other, the much more famous, uh, personality that they're trying to like, sort of mush them together with right um but like they you know like everything everything else is wholesale made up but like no. the ridiculousness of his and life a good is my, day to you sir good day to you sir yes. i read i read also another piece of trivia that they uh the cohen brothers whenever he was traveling um uh he uh, uh whenever they were doing a shot and he was lebowski was supposed to show up at a place jeff bridges would say Hey, did did Lebowski or did the dude burn one on the way over? <laughs> if oh, they right. said yes, yes. then yeah. he would like rub his eyes so they'd get all bloodshot. Nice with nice. his knuckles. <laughs> so good, so good. So yeah. because he really just like he just looks like he's stoned the whole time, and he does you know smoke a lot of doobie sauce as he's right. doing them. Anyway, so he the best what I love about it is that he leaves as as the big Lebowski's yelling at him to get a job hippie, yeah, you know, I'm that can't pay for a fucking rug, get out of my house. Get out of my house. And so he leaves and then Philip Seymour Hoffman says, How did your meeting go? He says, He told me to pick any rug I want in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> so good. <laughs> the, old, the old man told me I can just grab any, some any rug in the house. <laughs> so he takes some rug in on the way out, he uh interacts with Bunny Lebowski. Bunny Lebowski, his Tari, wife, played by Tara Reid. Yeah, yeah, his wife. She was a – was she on the – like when she made this, was she on the, 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 the cuckoo spectrum that she was later? Was she went, no, no, she was more like yeah, – yeah, she, she had her life together. She had she had a hard time after this movie, but she after was – a movie. lot of things together. Uh, Didn't she uh, – yeah, yeah. wait, wait, she was in 90210, right? That was her Yeah, thing. I think that's – yeah, right. And so she's very, very funny. And her, the exchange between him and uh, her and Brent – Philip Seymour Hoffman is pure, pure gold. Right. Uh, and because she's just, <laughs> yeah, just well, like, she, first thing he does is he just, no, she's, she's in her bikini outside painting her toenails green, right? Which is a key right. plot point, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she, uh, she says, blow on it. So like she puts her, 
her toe up to his face, like blow on it, right? And and, and it's like this is funny, Lebowski says Philippe somewhere Harbin very awkwardly, very awkwardly, yeah, just like this is the trophy wife of that creepy old man. Yeah, and then <laughs> right. and then what, uh, t- Peter Sizemore is in the pool. Yeah, oh my god, that. this dude, this fucking guy, Stor- the, yeah, Stormare, Peter Stormare, yeah, yeah. Stormare, Peter Stormare, who's yeah, who's he's amazing. just drunk and asleep in the pool, right? right. It's a weird Swedish dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't he's mind been, him; he's a nihilist. He's a nihilist. Uh, <laughs> must be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and then at which point as she's trying to explain that this is mr lebowski's wife she looks at the dude and says i will suck your cock for a thousand dollars thousand bucks <laughs> <laughs> and you say don't see more hoffman's reaction to this where he's like ah, ah, what a jokester what a oh jokester. my god and at which she's point what does the dude say he's like is there a cash machine around here i'm just gonna go yeah, I gotta go to the cash machine. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> but this introduces Bunny Lebowski, who becomes a core element of the plot line, right. uh, as well as her nihilist boyfriend, uh, Carl Hungus. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Hungus. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, with that, Lebowski goes back to his buddies. He's got a new rug, uh, which he is extremely happy about. Everything is back to normal. No problems. Right. Sort until... of. <laughs> sort of. Um, until uh, Maude, right? She comes yes. by. So, so basically, he gets beat up again. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's laying out on the rug, right? Right. And, uh, and he's like listening to, he's trying to get in the zone by listening to the sounds of bowling, right? No, he's no, just, the sounds of whales, isn't it? No, no, that's a different it's, one. It's bowling, yeah. yeah it's like, this is bowling. Right? Uh, and he, uh, he <laughs> opens his marmot. eyes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and suddenly, uh, he is surrounded by a bunch of thugs. Right. And Maude Lebowski, who is uh, uh, the daughter of the big Lebowski. Well, yes. And the daughter, who yes. is older than his wife. trophy wife. Yes. <laughs> Maude, played by, by um, uh, Julianne, Julianne Moore. Moore. Julianne Moore. Right. And, uh, and Maude. And she's got a very, very, very... Yes, she's an she's an intellectual artist. Intellectual artist, and right? she's a, she's this uh like she's a feminist. She's a feminist artist, and she's uh she is uh, plugged into the art scene of Los Angeles, and yes. uh, and she wants her, her rug, rug back, back. <laughs> because because she said it was not his it was not his and it had some sentimental value for right. her because it belonged to her mother or something or whatever it is. Right. right, and now this is where I want to introduce the fact that the there are. A lot of uh, Freudian visual symbols in this movie. Jesus, <laughs> which is to say, there are phallic symbols galore, starting with bowling pins and bowling yeah. balls, and, they, and then they literally say things like vagina. Oh, all, all over the place. The, yeah. This becomes like Does that a make stick. you uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. And uh, and the when she describes the porno. It's so good. Oh, you, the, well, you, it's the so good. It's too good. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> but like the rug itself is essentially a giant portrait of a vagina. Like, right. like it's at least the <laughs> yeah. most yonic design you could possibly have. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and like, it's the place where the Lebowski is the first time you see him at peace is when he's just laying on the rug. <laughs> he's just like, this is all I want. This is all I want to be at. This is it. And then right. Maude shows up and it's like, no, that is my fucking rug. That's and my I'm rug. taking it back. And then Beats when he shows up at her place, 
to try to, to to do that. It's another amazing deacon's construction, right? Yes, yes. It's a it's a very linear hallway, and he's looking down a hallway, long hallway, at something at the end of the hallway that's lit. <laughs> he's like, perfect. "What's going on?" And then no, suddenly, yes, this weird music, like, what is going on? And then suddenly she appears from above him, naked in a wig, naked in a in a in a zip line of some kind, and she's like screaming with these paintbrushes in her hand. She's like a she's like a she's like a Valkyrie. She's like yeah, she's painting. She's painting like Pollock style. Yeah, whipping paint at the canvas, right? Oh. And you can see her art hanging everywhere, and her art's obsessed with scissors. Like, big <laughs> castrating shears are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely fucking amazing. Right. And she walks out, of the, she's putting on a robe, and is immediately very sort of like in charge of the entire yes. scene. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, like, but Ma- she, she talks about vaginas. Like, does that make you uncomfortable? Yeah, Vagina. people say my work is very vaginal, and that, but men, many men find it even diff- difficult to say vagina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you enjoy sex, Mister Lebowski? Uh, what physical act of love? Coitus, coitus, what, the coitus. It's like yeah, it's the coitus. hysterical, man. <laughs> and he just looks at her like what? what? <laughs> so good. And she explains her into the plot, which is like her dad is a bum. Like all of his money is from her mother. Right. Like, yeah. He's never worked a fucking day. He's a total sham. He's a total yeah. fucking sham. Right. Right. And now he's like, you know, now this fucking uh now Bunny Lebowski is been you know, tapping him dry and all this kind of stuff. And she's a porn star. And she is a fucking porn star, right? Like, and see, she's a porn star specifically with Carl Hungus, the dude who was in her, the was nihilist. in the pool, right? Yeah. The nihilist from the pool. <laughs> and the, uh, the person who makes the porn is Jackie Treehorn. Jackie Treehorn. Right. Right. So the key element that's been introduced is he has been invited back to the Big Lebowski's house, right? Well, hold on. Hold yes. on. So what we've established is that the Big Lebowski is actually a, a, a bum a bum right, right. He, he plays like he's like very important right, right. he's married to bunny mm-hmm. and bunny is a porn star with the other guy mm-hmm. and they've done porn under uh jackie treehorn yes right uh, uh, and they have come up with a plan that executes and is the basic plot that it is being chased down in the film when the big lebowski invites uh jeff lebowski the dude back, back to the house, house and says, I need your help, Mr. Lebowski. And right. all suddenly very serious and very trusting. And and Brent explains well, he tries everything. To call him right. For, it's for, not about the wrong right. And uh and he's like, I need to hire you because uh Bunny, Bunny is Bunny kidnapped. is missing. Yeah, Bunny's, Bunny's been missing. kidnapped. And yeah. uh and uh she's been kidnapped and all I have is this note uh uh that's you know made up of cut out letters. Right. Uh, that's, uh, that's saying you have to pay this money or else that's that for your wife. Right. right? And so yeah. he wants Lebowski to be the bag man. The bag man. Right. 
Which right? is always a good idea. Which is always a good idea. <laughs> it's and so, so shady. So then he goes back to the bowling alley and there's Walter. Is like, he wants to be part of the plan. Like it's yes. Walter's plan now all of a sudden. It's nothing yeah. to do with Lebowski. <laughs> this is his big moment, man. Right, Walter's so, like, yes, finally, I get to fucking prove myself. Prove myself, right? And yeah, so right. the dude explains that he's got, he's getting paid $20,000. He's got a beeper. <laughs> yeah, dude's got a beeper. Yeah, <laughs> dude's got a beeper. Yeah, because that was their cell phones didn't exist the same way. Right. Actually, they do exist, but we'll find out about that later. They're about right, the size right, right. of a car battery. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> but yeah, yes. like he's like he's like this is fucking great. I mean, paid like a huge chunk of change, right? And all I got to do is just like fucking hand over this dough, and then it's no worries. Easy right. peasy, easy peasy. But right? Walter really wants to get involved. Walter's got some ideas. Walter's got some ideas about how to do this. <laughs> And then Donnie keeps asking questions, and, and, and Walter keeps telling him, "Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Donnie. You don't know what's yet." And so, like, you end up with the the, the plot starts going in the direction of just like, okay, so they're going to hand off the money, right? But Walter has this idea that they can double cross the double crossers, or the, and say like, what we do is they like they like uh, we do the money handoff, but we throw them uh, a a ringer. A ringer, a, a bag of, of just laundry. Dirty laundry. laundry. Dirty, dirty undies. <laughs> the whites. And, uh, dirty undies. And then we keep the fucking money ourselves. Yeah, instead of taking $20,000, we keep a, mil- a million We give a million bucks. It's going right? to be great. What, like, exactly. What are the fucking kidnappers going to do? They've already given up money. And now it's just them. They're saying they're out, they didn't get the money. And right. he's going to believe them. So Which they, is a terrible plan. But ter- that's, that's a it. terrible, <laughs> terrible plan. But the way that it goes is that he finally gets the call. He gets the call and Philip Seymour Hoffman sends him there. It's like, okay, here's the money. It's like, you know, you know, one of those, those metal high end briefcases, right? Right. <laughs> and he goes, it's a million dollars. Here's where you have to go. And here's a phone. Right. And he hands mm-hmm. him like the cell phone, which is huge. Like I said, it's a, side. It's like a, it's like a box of milk. <laughs> yeah. No, it, they usually had straps so you could hold them on right. your side because yeah. they were literally, right. literally really, really big. Yeah. So you just got to wait for the phone call. And then you got to go drop the money off where they say you got to drop it off, right? And they have to be just you. They were very specific about that. Just one person, right? (laughs) Of course, Walter insists on going with him. (laughs) Yep. Walter insists on going with him. The signs that he is going to uh, send him uh, throw a ringer. Lebowski or Dudu doesn't want to actually throw the ringer. He wants to throw him the real money. But the dude, but Walter takes over, throws the bad bag, right? <laughs> yep, the, the bag with really, the dirty undies in it. The bag with the dirty undies. The dude is like, no, we can't do that. And then ends up crash. Oh, wait. Oh, Everything then, goes wrong. Not only that, but there's, uh, he had a, uh, he had an Uzi with him. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yes, because Walter owns a gun shop. Right. <laughs> had an Uzi with him. And he tries to go out the window to shoot the guys as they're coming out from under the bridge where he drops the money, miss drops the gun, ends up shooting up everything. <laughs> the it's gun like goes up and he crashes, crashes right. the car. Yep. And the dude is like trying desperately to give him the real money. <laughs> right? We have your money. We have your money. And then the guys on motorcycles just drive off. Yep. No bunny. Nothing. Nothing. Everything's fucked. Everything's, Everything's fucked. fucked. And then he looks at him and goes, they're going to kill that poor girl. And then Walter says, 
Fuck it, dude. Let's just go bowling. <laughs> Whatever. Who gives a shit? It's fine. <laughs> There's nothing we can do about it. Let's go back to bowling. And, then, and now Lebowski is just like completely tweaked. He's like, they're going to kill that poor woman, man. They're like, going yeah, to get kill out of his head. that poor woman. woman. Right. <laughs> like, doesn't know what to fucking do. And like, and so like, you have tension going on between Donnie and uh, Big Lebowski, or Little Lebowski, rather, the dude, right. and Walter, and everything is all fucked up. And dude's car is starts the journey of getting more and more fucked. Right. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite bits in the movie. Yep. <laughs> like absolute disaster. But yeah. And yes. then the, the 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 uh the 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 phone is constantly ringing and the dude yes. isn't picking it up. Doesn't know what to do. <laughs> doesn't know what to do. I just want to say your wife is probably dead. It's probably dead. It was so such good. a thrill to get a pager too. He's like, yeah, they give me a pager. Yeah. Dude's got dad's got fever. That's <laughs> so good. He's so happy about that. But yeah, so like you have uh you well you finally oh, you finally get a third call from uh Brent. Yes. And uh and now he's like so what what's going on right and just right. like well you know it's lots of ins out lots of outs here I'm still trying to figure out blah 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 and it turns out they have sent the uh the 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 uh the bad guys have sent a toe <laughs> right <laughs> they've cut off one of buddy's toes and they and they're like well we, no they've sent a, sent a toe with green to- uh, yes. polish on it oh, right? yes. to which point what <laughs> the walter says I can get you a toe. I can get you a toe. I get you a toe. We don't even know if that's you want a toe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you a toe. <laughs> <laughs> get filmed it filmed at the uh the uh Johnny's coffee shop right near the uh, uh the the motion picture museum now. Uh oh, right. and uh an incredible scene with Walter's just like they get into a big fight and uh, and then uh Dude leaves. He's so pissed off. Like I can't believe you fucked this all up, Walter. Right. And uh Walter's sitting there just like you know, he's have like a waitress comes over and is like, would you keep your voice down? And he's like, lady, I have friends that died face down in the down mud in the Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> like it starts this whole bullshit. I'm finishing my coffee. I'm, I'm finishing my coffee. My- <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. So like now the mystery is the dude has to figure out what happened to Bunny mm-hmm. uh, because if he doesn't, then the big Lebowski is going to put all the blame on him. Right. Like Mm -hmm. all the, like everything is going to fall down on dude. And so now dude has become a de facto, uh, private investigator trying to figure out what the fuck happened to bunny. (laughs) Who's the worst. He's literally the worst person to do this. Worst private investigator possible. Right. (laughs) Now, other, there's a couple of other side stories that happen here too. One is there, they are supposed to be in a tournament. Right. Mm-hmm. But Walter is really tweaked through this entire situation. <laughs> and he, he starts going crazy about uh, someone going over the line and he needs to. Oh God. Yes. He, he, so needs, good. To, he needs to, uh, uh, mark his, his, uh, his, uh, Cause when you bowl, you can't step over the bowling yeah. line. Yeah, otherwise, and yeah, so mark he, it zero. He, he, he rolled an eight and then he's like, mark it eight. And he goes, you mark it zero. You were over the line. It's like, no, mark it eight. Mark it eight. It was not over the line. It's like, you were over the it's line. It's a mark casual it game. This is for right. fun. And he's right. like, no, it is not. No, for it is not. And, yeah. And so, Smokey, this is not nom. There are rules. <laughs> this is not, there are rules. <laughs> At which point, as they start arguing this and the guy says, screw it, I'm marking it as an eight. 
He pulls a gun on him <laughs> and starts yelling at him to market zero. Market and he, zero. And he gets really, really tweaked about this. Yeah. And then at, at later, later in that point, this is the scene. It's a love. It's right after, uh, he leaves, uh, uh, Big Lebowski's house. It goes, cuts to this scene and you see in super slow motion, this guy, <laughs> what's the name? Uh, uh, Del Toro, uh, Toro, um, being uh in bowling and he is just the biggest caricature i've ever seen like he is oh yeah so amazing in this, this role. is one of one of Totoro's great great characters like probably yeah. top and it's two. very small i think they basically they told um he was upset he was a little disappointed when he found out that his role was so small in the movie so they said make it as big as you want to make it and mm-hmm. he just meant really big. This way, went crazy with it. It's like, and then to the point where, like, even after this movie came out, years and years later, he made a sequel for that character himself. That's right. You know, I have yes. not seen this yet. If anyone's seen this, please say so in the comments. I'm interested to see how that went. Apparently, it's pretty, it's w- super weird. Um, right. And very experimental, but kind of fun. But he, this is like, this is his, for, I think for Totoro, this is his greatest, most memorable work. And uh, yeah. I would, I would definitely say it's like, it's 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 one of his top two characters of all time, well, and it, it is the best example of there's no such thing as small parts. <laughs> oh man, he fucking he it's a very small role, but it is hilarious. He owns the whole scene. He owns and it. he just and the the also I got to give credit to because uh, he's supposed to be Hispanic, right? Mm-hmm. And so they are playing like Gypsy Kings doing a yes. cover of Hotel, Hotel California, California. <laughs> in so Spanish. Good. So, yeah, and that's some good business, just, man. And it's, it's as he's bowling, he's, and you see all the details of his costume, right? His hands with the ring. He's got yeah. one long fingernail that's green. The coke nail. Yeah, exactly. He's, nail. Got, he's got What's like the, the Eagles because he gets in a fight later in the movie about the Eagles. And he hates the Eagles. Yeah. He hates the Eagles. Uh, yeah, and they're playing right. Hotel California. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I hate the fucking Eagles. Yeah, that's right. true. And it's so, a, yeah. And so they're, they're, and as he's playing and he's just being quite the showman as he bowls a strike, right? And his partner, <laughs> Liam, <laughs> is the complete opposite white toast guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Was that right. guy a, a famous bowler? He, he looks like he has he to looks have like been, he, right? he looks yeah, like a big bowler. Like yeah. totally no, he looks like he was a pro. Like yeah, they got he looks a like a pro. They really got guy. a real guy. Yeah, I would believe that's true. He's, yeah, he's so funny. That shot of them with their with the polishing bags. Yeah, <laughs> doing this is just incredible. Which yeah, was no. added by by Tortoro. He wanted to do that. That was oh my god, it's yeah. too fucking good. But yeah, no, like Tortoro's whole backstory is like this sexual predator. <laughs> where well, he's like this. So like, yeah, but they're looking. The, the way they introduce it is perfect. So they're, they're looking at him and he is saying uh and they're just like what a crazy guy right and then uh walter says <laughs> he's uh a per- pederast dude pederast dude pederast. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like no literally a pederast <laughs> he had to go door to door tell everybody he's a sex offender and then, then they do a shot showing him doing that yeah uh, not dressed the way he is but dressed in a much more meek way which is also funny right and oh Donnie turns God. around and goes, what's a pederast? <laughs> what's a pederast? Well, shut the fuck off, Donnie. <laughs> and I'm like, just watching this dude move. Because when he's like, you know, like, uh, because of the, the gun on the, uh, it, it taken out during league play and all this right. kind of jazz, like, they were going to end up going up against these guys in the bowling tournament. Right. right. 
And uh, and Tortura is pissed off. He's just like, what's this bullshit about moving? You know, because you won't hey, roll and blah, blah, blah. What's, oh, what's this bullshit, man? <laughs> and like, Tortura's whole performance there, when he's like, he's just like, well, you don't want to get fucked in the ass on Saturday? I'll fuck you in the ass on Wednesday instead. Right. right. And he mimes this. And the way he moves his body is so <laughs> strange because his and- chest and head are perfectly still and only his hips are kind of moving backwards and forwards. <laughs> it's like a it's weird huge. puppet. I'm just like, I don't really know how you do that. <laughs> but it's, it's pure, pure gold, this guy. But there is a, this also introduces along with all the sex symbolism, there is a huge religious set of themes that are on with this yeah. because the guy's name is Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and so like the, like the Jesus didn't come and fuck you today but he is coming to fuck you later which is basically the story of jesus because like yes he's nice he's the lamb the first time but he's the lion when he returns right (laughs) and so like like there's some there's some shit coming down on wednesday like that's the end of the world when the when the finals happen right right? that's the apocalypse (laughs) right and there's lots of religious symbolism around the dude himself so the dude is like yes, and he the looks lamb like Jesus. Jesus. Exactly. He's the lamb Jesus. Right. And uh and uh and Jesus is is the, the vengeful is the, Jesus is the is, vengeful is, Jesus is, who's yes. coming. Right? right. And so like this this comes up uh once and again many, many times because like Maud Lebowski also becomes interested in in um in the dude, Jeffrey, as she calls him. Right. Because it's because it's interesting, because like the and I've really thought this before, but like the the, the big Lebowski initially thinks that Mother Jeff, Magdalene? Mary yeah, Magdalene? Well, that's very true. Exactly. She's very much a Mary Magdalene figure, right? And, uh, and, but the big Lebowski, first time he meets the dude, he blows him off and it's like, this guy's nonsense. But then he calls him back because he sees something that he, the dude can do for him, right? And then Maud Lebowski does the same thing. First time she meets him, she's just like, you're, you're human trash. You know, like, I'm not, I'm, she's not mean about it, but she's just like, obviously you're just a fucking, lays about like my my idiot father right Right. but then it occurs to her but you may have your uses because i also want something from you right which is a baby (laughs) (laughs) you want sperm and so like she goes on a quest to try to because like for her purposes she he's perfect because He's not going to be interested in being a dad. She right. says that to him as well. Yeah, exactly. She's totally uh, upset about it. Okay. Right. And so that begins this whole like bizarro love story between him and Mott Lebowski. Right. Uh, well, immaculate and, conception from Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> right. And then like, in, 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 not to give away the end of the movie, but when he's like, when the cowboy is like, it, it makes me feel good that there's a little Lebowski on the way. That's another <laughs> Christ is coming back motif. Sure. So all this stuff is sort of weirdly lined up. Throughout the movie. They don't play it too hard, but it's very, very no. richly threaded through it. And it's very, very, very funny. Every time they draw on that well. Anyway, the, what, one of my favorite things he does is he, t- he tells us, I heard you pull, and don't try to pull a gun like you did on the last time. If, yeah. you t- if you pull a gun on me, I'll just grab it from your hand, stick it up your ass, and keep pulling the trigger until I hear click. <laughs> <laughs> They're like... What? <laughs> no, what he says. The dude looks at him and goes, Jesus. And he goes, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right, viejo. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. That's right. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. He leaves, and then Walter looks at the dude and goes, eight-year-olds, man. Dude, eight-year-olds. <laughs> eight-year-olds, dude. Eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's so oh. fucking funny. It's absolute classic business. But I mean, it's just this is the nature of the, the movie. The movie is basically a shaggy dog story to pack in as many ridiculous fucking characters as you possibly can yeah. have. On this right. viewing, I kind of looked at like they're young kids, like in Stand by Me. They're just mm. like the way they are. It's almost like that's an Goodman's like the older brother. Or oh yeah, it's just they're like little, little kids. They're totally yeah, it's little a, kids. A kids' story. Yeah, absolutely true. Like they're they're little kids on an adventure they don't understand for sure. Absolutely. Right. There's a uh, lot of naivete. To yeah. Like they don't Especially, know what the fuck is happening. I mean, the, the naiveness, which is funny, is because the only one who acknowledges being naive is, of course, Donnie. Right? Everyone else. Right. Yeah, Donnie's perfectly aware of his own situation. He just doesn't. Right. He doesn't matter. It's fine. He just wants to bowl. Yeah. Right. And he just, just like, cares about the league game. Yeah. He just wants <laughs> to bowl, man. Throwing rocks tonight. You know, <laughs> that's that's where he's at. And he's and like he's a genuine, kind, good friend who's always there for them. And yep. you know, isn't uncritical and wonderful the whole time. And of course, mm-hmm. he gets fucked. <laughs> but it's just yeah, like, we'll get to that part. But let, that let's part. actually roll through this because we're running low. We still right. have much. We're only an hour and a half in, and yep. we still haven't gotten to <laughs> what happens in the film. Okay, what so. happens in the film? Okay, so then, so at this point, uh, so we established that there is she's been, uh, she has been kidnapped. Uh, there's a toe involved, uh, and uh, uh. The dude is looking out for her. Does he go to, is this when he goes to the Treehorn's house? Yeah, let's see. He goes to, let's see how it goes. He, like, the threads are, uh, there is looking for Bunny, the nihilists. The dude's car gets stolen. The dude's car gets stolen. uh, And, uh, and he, and so he, (laughs) like, they're like, she's like, you need to, like, they were looking into Bunny Lebowski. She is a porn star, right? Right. And uh, in the scene that Eric brought up earlier, like they watch one of the porn tapes, right? Right. And uh, and so like it's Maud and and uh, and the dude watching this thing, and so it's Tara Reed and her half naked friend uh, are in their shitty apartment when there's a knock at the door for pizza and this, delivery, and this dude shows oh, up no, in a plumber, plumber's a plumber. costume, right? <laughs> and it's Carl Hungus, right? And he goes, it's, uh, and the plumber's at a TV uh, fixing place, right? Right. And uh, it says, "Mine, the dispatcher says there's a problem with Ina Cable." <laughs> 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 right and then Bob Lebowski just goes you can see where the plot goes from here the story is ridiculous <laughs> can you, you can guess what happens and then Lebowski goes he fixes the cable <laughs> but yeah so knowing that Bunny is uh, working for Jackie Treehorn Productions right. he decides to go to Jackie Treehorn Productions to his like, house. Yes, to see, like, this is, like, there's got to be a way that we can leverage the richness of Treehorn to, uh, to, to, richness of yeah, to, to figure this scene out. Right. But, but. And as you get to there, it is, it's by the beach, but I don't think that house is actually by the beach. It's not by the beach, but in this, in this movie, it's by yes. the beach in, in Malibu. This beautiful cove in Malibu. And right. Like this giant and there's a bonfire going, going on yeah. and there's a giant, one of those, those blankets where people are like trampolining you up. And yeah, trampolining naked ladies. Naked up women up in the air. And it's just this, uh, this, it's With very this, much. It's like hell, and this is the devil. Like this is right. like this is the the, the yeah, Dante's, idea. Dante's Dante's uh, and it really is because of the lighting as yeah. well. The lighting is very flame oriented, yes. and the yes. music is uh 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 what's what's the word I'm looking for? That's uh, the movie, the music from Sexy Beast. 
Yeah, it's very, it? it has this very yeah. primal kind of like when they or, go underwater to rob and they're jackhammering. That's the song that they use. That's right. so good, dude. So which good. is it, it feels very uh, mm-hmm. hedonistic, shall we say? Yeah, it's totally like late. It's probably like late sixties, kind of like right. It's really. I'll have to look it up. It's. I love that song though. It's great. Yeah, right. that's that's some amazing business, and we have to give it to. One of the other great characters in this movie, Jackie Treehorn, is played by Ben Gazzara, the great Ben Gazzara, who like is unsung. Like he is one of the great sixties uh, and seventies actors, right? Uh, and you also see him in um, a favorite of uh, uh, mine and Eric's, which is Buffalo sixty six. He's amazing, yeah. but you see him in, like a, he had a good indie yeah, comeback. He was, for the, a while. he was his dad, right? He was the dad in Buffalo sixty six, right? Uh, but he had a good solid indie comeback for a while. Uh, but he is, uh, you know, most famous uh, for me anyway in um, in the incredible movie, uh, the killing of a Chinese bookie. Chinese bookie. Yes. Uh, and uh, and fo- and the and the counterpoint to that, which I hadn't seen until last year when Eric showed it to us, is uh, Peter Bogdanovich's totally underseen uh, Saint Jack, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a which it blew my mind in an incredible movie, and I can't believe that I'd never even heard of it, especially that I love Bogdanovich. And uh, and he is is unbelievable in both of those. But even with those under his belt, the one you're going to remember is Jackie Treehorn, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jackie Treehorn, who, who receives the dude like an old friend. <laughs> oh. Yeah, absolutely. So he receives him like an old friend. He's also you would expect him to be a little bit on the sleazy side because he's supposed to be a porn producer, right? Sure, right? But he's very smooth. And he says, no, I'm a publisher, not a porn producer, right? Erotic Electronica. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So good. And he asks so him what, he, what he likes to drink. He says, well, a white Russian, right? So he's having a white Russian, which happens to be laced, right? And yes. poisons him. <laughs> this is incredible. The, and like, when, <laughs> when... You ever seen that... He 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 has he has to leave the room, Jackie Treehorn. Yes. And he writes something on a piece of paper. He has and- a phone call. It's very important. He's oh, right, got right, right. an important he's face like, on. He's got a, and he writes something on a piece of paper. And you're right, because he's the detective. He writes something on a piece of paper and he leaves. <laughs> and uh and uh and Lebowski or, or the dude runs it's like this a piece is a clue. Paper. I have to go find out. And then I remember Brady was looking watching this when this happened. He's like, Oh, is that smart? That's smart, you know, trying to figure out what he's doing. As he rubs the paper to reveal with a with a pencil to see what was imprinted on the paper underneath. It's a picture of a dude with a giant dick. <laughs> And like, what? <laughs> it's like, if anything, if you're going to design the Criterion uh, cover for this for this movie, the Criterion DVD cover, it's got to be that. Because that is what the movie is. It's like, oh, I'm going to solve the mystery. It's a giant dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. Like, there is no mystery in this movie. Like, no. everyone thinks there's a mystery, but there is no actual mystery. No. It's pretty obvious what's going on. <laughs> it's hysterical. And so, so, yes, he drinks the uh, the laced uh, 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 white Russian, passes right. out. Right. And, and then he ends, ends up, up – where was he end up? He ends he's up, up – He's running down the road. He's, running, like, tripping. He's, tri- <laughs> he's tripping like crazy. Running down the road in Malibu. He ends up at the police station in Malibu. The police, the the sheriff says, "Just get the." And I never want to see you in Malibu. Jackie Treehorn says you were ridiculous at his party, and he had to throw you out. And he's a respected (laughs) member of the Malibu community. (laughs) Stand on my beachfront, my beachfront community, Lebowski. (laughs) (laughs) Throws a mug at him, hits him in the head. 
<laughs> Lebowski, right. Lebowski's like, how you fascist? It's fucking so good. And so like the movie is like this bizarre cross section of every kind of like sixties and seventies trope, every yeah. kind of character across the board from like, uh, like it's a cross section of America across so many uh, styles and generations and everybody gets shredded. Like everybody in the sixties gets shredded, the seventies get shredded. Like yeah. there's nobody is safe from the movie. Nobody Everyone is, is like Vietnam, everything, everything, everything. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking gold. And and so like so the Lebowski ends up like now his his car's his car gets ripped off. You know, and so he's he's uh he's got kind of the cops. He was trying to find yeah, well he's well hold on. Find, he, so his car's stolen, he's trying to ask the cops about like what's you know, he's trying to find a car. And the guy says, "Okay, well, you know, I wouldn't hold much up for the for you know, like he says, we'll we'll, we'll be a, we'll we'll let you know if we find anything. I wouldn't hold up much for the what's in the car. That's what he said. What's in the car is like, you know, stuff. Maybe a bag with a million dollars. He says business papers. He says like business papers. Yeah, briefcase with papers. Unemployed. Business papers. Business papers. They are still under the impression that the Lebowski actually gave him money, right? To give to the kidnappers. Right. But in fact, Lebowski also gave him a ringer. Right. <laughs> and right. he was going to blame everything on the dude. Like, the, like right. he was going to blame the dude for doing what the dude was going to do. Right. <laughs> it was all set up. <laughs> it's just, it's just idiocy. It's just pure idiocy. So he's like, he's where they're trying to, him and Walter are trying to find the car that's been stolen because they think it has a, a big pile of money in it. Right. And like, they finally find the car. Like the cops find the car and uh and they uh and the the, the car is in absolutely shit shape right. it's been burnt out it smells like someone's been pooped in it right everything someone terrible. probably slept in it yeah because they're used as you as and it's like, like oh and you, and you like on the briefcase it's like nah sorry it says well you got any leads <laughs> leads <laughs> leads yeah, you bet <laughs> we got the guys down at the station working in <laughs> we shit we got a couple of guys <laughs> on the job and like I wouldn't hold that much like one of my another great line I wouldn't hold that much I would hold up much hope for the credence <laughs> he's constantly playing credence clear on a revival <laughs> but it's just like I wouldn't hold it like what you're saying is like don't expect the truth from this story. It's nonsense. Like, don't hold on. Don't hold on hope for credence. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not going to be happening. This, the whole thing is bullshit. And so you, so like, like they find in the car, a piece of paper wedged down in the seat. And it's a history paper from some social kid. studies paper, social yeah. studies <laughs> paper. Some kid failed like the F paper. Right. And they're like, this is host all your fucking car and has the money it's this this fucking kid right like joy ride joy riding with your car and they have the kid's address on the paper and right. so they go to the kid's house but they find out that the kid's father was a famous tv writer of some yes. kind of, right? of a rawhide style, style show, show. Right. right but he's in an iron lung he's in an iron lung <laughs> in the house i mean this is the best like, you can't come up. <laughs> it's so stupid. Hysterical. Because <laughs> Walter is in love. He's just like, oh like, my God. It's so and so, the writer of uh, Branded. It's the writer Branded. of my Branded of Branded. Right. And the house is just, is, it's one of those houses where, you know, the, the, the furniture is all in plastic. Right. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Walks what in. What did she say when he's like, 
How's he doing? Oh, he, is he has still writing. He has health problems. How's his writing? Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> write anymore. He has health problems, <laughs> and he's in an iron lung in the kitchen. Fucking, it's like this it's a giant steel coffin with a glass lid. It's like he's sorry. Yeah, here you go. It's like breathe, breathe, giant breathing apparatus. You can't even see the dude. And they're going to interview his kid for stealing the car. Donnie. Donnie. Just like, we know it's like, okay, so we want to interview about your homework, right? We know this is your homework. We know you still, and the kid's just like blank faced the whole time, <laughs> right? And he, and, and, uh, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, Goodman, like. Oh, right. Because he already spent the money because he's he seeing a, he's he sees seeing a, a brand new car. Corvette parked outside, yeah, right? Corvette out the window. He's just like, he said, the dude, like, dude, he already he spent the fucking money. Look at that car. Right. <laughs> so they, they go out of the car and he's just like, okay, you want to clam up? Fine. This is what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens, Donnie, when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Or what's the version that they use on the on, and on, when you see it on TV? Even better. This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> this is, there's two. There's another hidden light when you li- listen to the the, the TV but, edit. Because because this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps, and he yells again. This is what what happens when you fry scrambled eggs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He's screaming this. He takes out a golf club. He starts like fucking beating the shit out of the car. Breaks the car. Smashes the car. The, 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 the Corvette. The Corvette. And the kid, the kid is looking at him from the window, yeah. smashing it yes. with a complete blank face. <laughs> like Nothing. he doesn't care doesn't at give all. Shit. Who is this guy? Who are these people? And then this other guy from across the street comes right. What are you doing in my car, man? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I brought it home today. <laughs> I just bought that. I just bought that car. <laughs> like, you're going to fuck up my car. I'm going to fuck up your car. And he starts beating the shit out of the dude's car. <laughs> and the dude's like, no, 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 no. He like, oh. knocks out the windshield. And just like, oh, my but God. But Donnie's just, in the yeah. back. Back, right, because right. Uh, um, they're going to the house. It's like, where's the house? It's right next to the In and Out Burger. Donnie says, "Those are great burgers." Right? <laughs> Those are great burgers. Are great. And then he says, "Shut the fuck up, Donnie." Right? And they go there and they smack the car completely. All the windscreen, all the windows are smacked up. And this next shot is they're driving with no no, win- no. no windows and they're no eating windshield. burgers. Eating burgers. <laughs> Unfucking real, man. Unreal. Uh, so funny. So dumb. So viciously <laughs> stupid. It's just incredible. Viciously stupid. <laughs> right. Like, and like, so you have all of this nonsense going on. Like nobody knows what the fuck it, like happened to Bunny. And right. then, uh, except re- you do see a shot. Uh, Bunny is driving her right. car. Yeah, we see Bunny, and she's fine with a toe. Like with all her toes, toes. <laughs> her toe is not cut off. It's all right. fine. Right. And uh, and she's and, uh, she's listening in a convertible, Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, right? Viva, Viva <laughs> Las Vegas. Right. And we find out that the nihilists like used to be like like you find this out via mods, uh, mod and mods friends. Right. Like you see an album cover in mods collection. Oh God, which is, they look like Devo. Yeah, it's basically like, <laughs> totally. it's like, it's what like it the is. fucking yeah. what's the what's the German techno band, the famous one. Uh, uh, what yes, the hell it is? With the autobahn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I know. Oh, and God. so like, like it's just like these guys, and they're in like they used to be this like you know uh, shitty techno band, right. and, and, like German techno band, craft craft work. Thank you, Jason. And also craft work is amazing, by the way. I mean, yes, they're yeah. shitty. I mean, these guys with their with their album Nail Bed <laughs> are terrible. Right. Uh, and uh, and. Uh, like he discovers, like the nihilists are uh, are they're rooted in all of this in terms of like uh, uh, the nihilists are the ones who are not just behind getting the money, but the nihilists we discover are faking the whole fucking thing. 
Like, right. They're they the ones that are the yeah. money right. squeeze. Yeah. It's a money squeeze. Like they cut off Flea's girlfriend's toe so they could <laughs> have a toe to name from Till Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Who had her own independent career and she also scored all of Magnolia. What's her name? Um, I can't, it's she not, is Sean Penn's brother's wife. There we go. We can identify everything but her name, but she's a yeah, great artist by herself and the soundtrack to my Magnolia is magnificent. I just can't think of her name, but she is terrific. And, uh, and so like nothing has happened to Bunny. This is all just a scam on top of a scam on top of a scam. Right. Like none of this is real whatsoever. Right. And the, and the nihilist, that, well, the, the nihilist in like jump, like, cause they haven't gotten their money yet. So they're, they're jumping on Lebowski. Super the hard. Dude, right. Exactly. In, in his house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, and what he up. is in his bathtub <laughs> filled with candles. Right. Trying to peace smoke, out. Smoking a J with a, with tweezers. <laughs> and listening to a soundtrack of whale song. It's incredible. <laughs> and he's awakened from this in the same way that he was awakened from his previous two sleeps. Right. Like when the, the nihilists show up in. with a ferret. Right. And yeah. drop the ferret in the, tub. in the bathtub. Yeah. Oh my this God. What's with the marmot? <laughs> nice marmot. Like, and they're just like, if you don't get us the money, Lebowski, we're going to cut off your Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need my Johnson. What do you need that for, dude? <laughs> like, uh, it's just too much of this. So, like, they are putting pressure on him. Uh, he's figuring out slowly that this is a scam. John Goodman's like, it's all a fucking scam. They finally bring this all back to... Who's the guy... What, uh, what, uh, remind me again. Who's the guy who's following him around? Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's because Bunny Lebowski's name is actually Fawn Knudsen. Right. right? And Fawn Knudsen's oh, right. parents <laughs> are hunting for her as well. Right. Right. And so they've hired so the, a, a private a detective. Private a real private detective. <laughs> exactly. Uh, played by John Polito, who's in a zillion Coen Brothers movies. He's yes. great. And he shows up. He's just like, you and me, man. We're private dicks together. <laughs> <laughs> like emphasizing even more of the dicks, Johnson's vaginas, etc. Even when like fucking like Maud Lebowski is just like, you know, how many, how much money you pay in bones or clams or whatever. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> bones or clams or whatever. <laughs> so she's, got very, she's got a very like Fraser accent. Yeah, she, she has that, uh, that North Continental. Atlantic Catherine Hepburn accent, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, hysterical. Totally and uh, so like, they're like all that she's so, like, all that nonsense is going on. You have Polito saying, like, I'm a brother Seamus. I'm a private dick. You know, like, right. I'm looking for the... And he's just like, the Fawn Knutson. Here are the case where the Knutsons live. And he unfolds a photo. He's just like, they thought that this would uh, make her feel, you know, like, uh, homesick. And he shows this photo of this, like, shack house, like an old tobacco farming house in the middle of fucking dead fields. Like, absolutely <laughs> horrible. And he goes... Yeah, I don't know. How are you going to get her back on the farm after she's seen Carl Hungus? <laughs> Which just cracks me up every time. Carl Hungus. Yeah, how are you going to get back on the farm after they've, after they've seen Carl Hungus? At which point, there was one other thing. I forgot the order, but it's just, it's just all over the place. But uh, but Mont shows up at the dude's house and undresses in front of him oh yeah she's like we're getting it on we're good and <laughs> Jeff, he just right. does whatever he yeah. does whatever, whatever appears, people exactly. people tell him to do yeah. he'll do it she walks up he like he'll like after he's been beat to shit she yeah. walks up he goes jeffrey love me <laughs> and just drops her robe he's like okay. okay but i should note i should note that also the other thing that happens is that he is uh no wait hold on uh 
after they beat him up the first time, she mm-hmm. insists on him going to see a doctor for his jaw yes, situation, yeah. right? And He's he refuses to and do it. She goes, no, you need you to go see this doctor right away. Yeah. And the doctor examines him. And he's examining while he's wearing headphones and listening to music. So he's not even paying attention to his own medical examination, examination, right? And at one point it says, drop your, you know, drop your pants. It's like, no, no, I got hit in the jaw. It's like, no, I need to do a thorough medical examination. He's a good man. And thorough. And thorough. (laughs) (laughs) Which really she's looking at, is he fertile? Can he give me a child? Exactly. And so as he, after he made love to her... He leaves, and she starts going into fetal position and rocking, and rocking back and forth, <laughs> rocking back and forth. Increase the chances of insemination. Insemination, right? <laughs> you know. And so, like, and he explains, like, what are you doing? Some kind of yoga? She's now increasing the chances of conception. And he's like, he has the best spit take of all time. <laughs> he spent the whole scene making white Russian. He's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> like this, which of and course then, is also, you know, it's a white fluid being injected everywhere. Yeah, exactly, so it's also exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so it's so ridiculous. And so, like, fucking high school. He's yeah. like, and then he just looks at her and goes, Let me explain something to you about the duder. <laughs> like, I also oh, love the fact that he, he will make a white Russian no matter which way he can. And if they don't have milk, he'll just put coffee creamer Doesn't matter. with vodka and Kahlua together. <laughs> Whatever he lets the job done. <laughs> but she, she explains, like, Listen, I don't want a, a father that has any connection to me at all. And you're like, you seem like a perfectly right. healthy person. So let, this is all I want. It's not a problem. Yeah. You yeah, know, immaculate conception. And he's it's essentially so. <laughs> and so like, he's like, I guess that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so like, you finally have uh, like the nihilists uh, come down hard once again, and they attack uh, in the parking lot of the bowling alley. Right. They attack him in the parking lot of bowling. Right, right, because they still haven't got their money. Yet. The last yeah. bit of the car, in the car, he's got the car back, but now if the car's windshield's been, it's been the bum, like a bum, bum's a pissed in it, right. and the windshield's been broken out. Everything now gone it's on wrong. fire. Now it is on fire. And they, it's <laughs> like they finally did it. They killed my fucking car. Right. And then all the nihilists are there. And they're going to extract whatever money they can from Lebowski, seeing as though... And they've got, like, eight bucks and, like, 15 bucks, like, the the total, right? So we takes the money, Lebowski, then we fucks you up! (laughs) (laughs) And And they start attacking them. And then they start to try to fight, and they're terrible at fighting. And they're terrible fighting. And Walter heroically beats the fuck out of them. Right. <laughs> like, and then they're all like, oh yeah, okay, they're gone now. Oh, and also we noticed that, yeah, that we, this, we also noticed that the girl doesn't have her toe, right? Doesn't have her toe, right. right. And, uh, and, 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 and Bunny has already fucking gone Left. home. Like she right. saw, she showed up at home, like crashed her car back at the, the Lebowski estate and right. like everything is fine. Right. And, uh, and so they're like the, the nihilist attacking is just like, it's utterly useless now, but when after the fight's over and they beat the shit out of Flea and send everybody running, you see that Donnie is lying on the ground, clutching his chest. Right. And Donnie has a had heart a heart attack. Had a heart attack. Yeah. Poor, poor Donnie. And dies. And, and he dies. And right. that's it. And it's so sad. It's so, so sad. Left field. You're just like. Wait, Donnie. what? <laughs> Donnie of all after people. All this other bullshit. Donnie's the one. Donnie's that dies. the one that got that yeah. dies. And yeah. so what? And then. They go to the uh, uh, to the uh, mortuary, right? Mm-hmm. And they're showing him a bill for. They ask him, like you know, next to kin. They doesn't have any next to kin. Nothing, 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 right? And they ask like for the price of what it is, <laughs> and 
They they say, well, what's this? This is that's an urn. That's to put the ashes in. That's, that's a, a recept- vessel for the that's ashes. That's a rest- receptacle yeah. for the receptacle, ashes. Receptacle, yes, right. right. <laughs> it's like it is our most affordable receptacle. Yes. One hundred and eighty dollars. Our like, most modestly priced receptacle. Yes. <laughs> it's one hundred and eighty dollars. They go up to three thousand dollars. It was like yeah. we just need we just need to carry the ashes, and they're like, <laughs> says, isn't there a Ralph's near here? <laughs> and they go to a Ralph's, and then the next shot. Is they're carrying Foster's, not Foster's, yeah, Foster's. Folgers, yeah. Folgers, Folgers, yeah. Folgers can, big Folgers can. Dump the coffee out. Put Donnie in. <laughs> put, put Donnie in. <laughs> they're going to throw them off the, the they're going to distribute them over the cliffs and into the uh, sea. From, in Malibu, right? In Malibu. The cliffs in Malibu. Yeah. And yeah. then so Walter tries to give this big speech about Donnie. He loved and surfing. He, he loved surfing. Pismo Beach, Beach to La Jolla. From La Jolla to Pismo Beach. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, was the, like, and he was taken from us, Lord. Yeah. Like, so, like, you saw fit to take so many fine young men in the hills of Quezon. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. Finally, the dude loses it. He's just like, what does it have to do with Vietnam, Walter? Well, no, 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 no. It's not just that. It's just, he's just sitting there watching him in the background. And at which point he opens the can. And throws tries to throws it out, but it, the wind blows from the ocean, blows it all the ashes on them. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge cloud of ashes in the dude's face. <laughs> the dude's face, and he like, turns around and is, "Oh, so sorry, dude." And he's like, "What the fuck was that about now, man?" Why is everything a tragedy with you? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and so, so like, they. At, this is the. This is the. This is actually the only. Well, one of the points where he basically just, the dude just cracks with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and they end up hugging and it's very and sweet. It's very sad. Yeah. 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 And, and like, Walter's rage has been released and, you right. know, you feel, you feel bad for the two of them. And of course we, 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 we have to say like they, they have gone back to confront the big Lebowski about the entire plot line. And, right. uh, and Walter is just like, you know, so it's all bullshit. You know, it's just like, no, this guy's a gold record dude. He's a, he can walk. I can see. I've seen spinals, dude. I know. <laughs> all right. Picks the, picks the big Lebowski up out of the wheelchair and throws him. And oh, yeah, that, that, that was, that, that was that, yeah, Walter does that. <laughs> the dude actually cannot walk. It's true. All the big Lebowski is really wheelchair bad. And so like, they just throw this poor, yeah, this paraplegic man on the floor. And they're like, well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But yes, yeah, so everything in the end, nothing has happened. Nothing has <laughs> like, happened. That's right. Absolutely nothing has happened. Nothing. Bonnie's Bonnie's fine. Well, no. Well, and then that's the end of the story, right? And then we mm-hmm. go back to the stranger mm-hmm. by uh, Sam Elliott, right? And he and he meets him again at the bar. Oh, mm-hmm. he, right at the middle. That's their first encounter where they where they talk, where he meets him, and he right. says, "I like your style, dude." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then he says. Do you have to use so many curse words? What the fuck are you talking about? about? (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude, have it your way. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, so finally at the end, uh, uh, he says, hey, and he talks, you know, he sees him again at the bar and they talk. And, you know, the dude's just fine doing whatever the dude does. Right. Bowling. Yep. Was it uh, strikes and gutters? Strikes Strikes and gutters. gutters. Strikes and gutters. I like to think in. I like Thank the way I like the, yeah, exactly. And like, and everything is just has has come down to a, a settled peace again. Like right. after all the flurry of nonsense, uh, and then the cowboy signs off with the audience. Yeah, and and like, like this is the 
the beauty of the movie is like the movie is really about finding finding peace like it really like it's yeah. it is about trying to achieve a sort of uh zen spot in your life because most of our lives is is just nonsense that we've made up to fuck really? ourselves up you know and so like there is a there is a spiritual dimension to this film that i think that like people have 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 discovered and sort of like they they think of the dude as a sort of a semi-spiritual icon you know in fiction um, sure. but like, I think that the, the movie is better. It's not so much the dude is a, a Zen figure, but the movie itself preaches Zen. Like, it's like, be, be a little more like Donnie in your life. Like, you know, like, like all of this fucking craziness led to literally nothing at all. Like the, the, the ending state, the beginning state and the ending state are the same. And but Donnie is the one that died. Donnie, Donnie paid the price. Peace. Yeah. He's the peace. sacrificial lamb. Yeah, because peace paid the price, like for all the chaos, you know. Yeah. Like that's 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 the trade off they decided to make, and uh, that is not a necessary thing to do to have peace, you know. And uh, like if they had stepped away from any of it at any point, Donnie would have not would not have died. But they got too mixed up in everybody else's story and then in their own nonsense stories, and so things went crazy. But uh, and so like the. Even though they, my favorite thing about the film is that the surface level of the film is basically a incredibly dumb slapstick comedy on the level of like Animal House, right? It's just utter, utter ridiculousness all the time and an excuse to just have a parade of silly characters. But unlike most movies that do that, this ends up feeling like it meant something. Oh, and there's so much symbolism. Yes, and so I, much. I also structure. don't see it like an Animal House, though. Oh yeah, no, I'm just saying, like the the, the kind it, of it, jokes that it's telling yes. are very broad and silly. Like it's like it's like big dick jokes. Like that's what it's doing, right? And I'm all for it, man. Like I love Animal House too. That's a very funny movie. But it's but not like the setups animal and comedy in Animal House are so different. Oh they're yeah, not yeah. As, they're not that's, as. This uh, is what I'm. This is what well, I mean to say. It's like that is the veneer of that kind of humor covers an actually rich. Very well constructed deep film. Right? I think this. Whereas, I think, like, Animal is just a good funny movie with lots of dick jokes. Like, that's all that is. It's not a very I, deep I, movie. I, I, Eric, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying is like this. This movie uh, has a much rich, much richer thing to it. But mm-hmm. uh, what I think that uh, uh, Daniel's saying is that like there is. <clears throat> There are so many one-liners that, like, Animal House has. Like, yeah, people yeah, will say Animal things House like... Was, the setup, um, you know, the joke, the payoff. Mm-hmm. Right. Here, it's so subtle. It's oh, not... without a doubt. Yeah. It's, but, it's, but there's all this, like, where's the money, Lebowski, yeah, the like marmot the, line. The, 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 you kind know, all, of, yeah. the kind of humor that it's using to be subtle isn't subtle on the surface. Like, like dumping a marmot into his... Into his not tub. Not a ferret. And make, so, sorry, <laughs> dumping, you know, dumping a ferret into his into his tub and then saying, I'm going to cut off your Johnson. Doesn't, like, you only saw that part. You wouldn't know that this is a richer movie. Right. But it's actually using that, the quality of humor to do something deeper, which is very, which I think is the best way to use that kind of stuff. Because, like, it's, because, like, I can watch, I like, watch, fucking watch Animal House all day. It's a, it's a hysterically funny movie. But yep. it is a very, very shallow movie. You know, it's a very right. dumb, it's a, it's like, it's not trying to do anything. It's just telling dumb jokes. This goes, what if we used dumb jokes as a cover for uh, something else? And, and you uh, know what also does, you know, what other movie has that as well? Mm-hmm. LA Story. 
L Ace. Look at that. Look at you. Right on time. Segue, huh? No, no, it's fine. Okay, so we're going to talk about LA story next. Obviously, we'll probably jump back and forth with Lebowski, but we're going to take a two minute break and I'll be back in two minutes. Uh, You guys can chat it up and uh, let me know. You know what I love about when I go take a two minute break uh, is that I, uh, I, uh, (laughs) I end up, um, Hearing what you guys said while I was gone later. Later on. Yes. <laughs> we said the good stuff. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> All right. So hold on. Let me just get on a two minute break. Put on right now. All right. So we'll be back in two minutes and then we'll talk about, uh, uh, LA story. All right. Hang on tight guys. Right on, right on. Also want to say thanks to Jason for the excellent commentary, such as, uh, the Walter is like so, Walter is social media. Yes, I agree. Like Walter is just broadcasting noise all the time. Like he is the self self justifying rage constantly. So yes, I think that's a quite kind of quite a keen observation, Jason. But uh, but Walter in social media, I can't I can't imagine Walter in the day of social media. No, <laughs> like that would be some QAnon wildness for that guy. I think that'd be that'd be really something. Like you'd see him on the mar- marching on the uh, January sixth parade. <laughs> that guy, that he is quite lovable in Big Lebowski. I think that's that's particularly hilarious. <clears throat> How are you, sir? Doing okay. Yep. You know, it was kind of it's just been a crazy week for me, but you know, marching ahead. Uh-huh. As always. Um, how about you? Good. Good. Um, I think I took that last time. We had uh, a shoot for one of my big projects. How did that go? Well, great. The actors were terrific. Um, and uh, uh, we, it was one of those things that I'm like, there's like, I, everyone did a wonderful job as I expected because the rehearsals were great and everyone executed that perfectly. But like my, as, like directing wise, my, my greatest sense of pride about anything is when you finish a day on time <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like later, later on you really get to immerse yourself in the quality of the performances and have like all the good stuff that happened but like the the big stress that i have is like will we be able to get everything before we have to get out of here uh and everyone was such an incredible pro and everyone did such fine work so fast that we were actually able to clear about 45 minutes early uh, which is right. really really rare and made me feel very proud to be working with such uh, talented folks. Uh, good, good time. Great, great, great time. All there right. Is. Back. I back. am back, and uh, this has been okay. I cannot tell you how much I love LA Story. It is. I don't think many people have. I don't think it's as popular a film. No, it's kind of hidden. It's and it, like and it's a strange movie. It's like it's not like a. It's not like a. Uh, it's not like something like. Um, I don't know. It is a strange. It's a, it's a weird movie. It's a weird flavor, and uh, and I think that it, it there are elements to it that like would just be confusing to people uh, today. But if you hang with it, it has a very particular, very unique vibe um, that really got under my skin even back then, and did again today. I'm just like this has a lot of incredibly strange, beautiful material in it. Oh, I'm changing our background to be there is the, it, the there opening is shot of, of the movie. Strange, beautiful material in it. Yeah, it's um, it's odd. Yeah, it's a it's a strange picture. It's, it's a, also a love letter to Los Angeles. Yes, yeah, very much so. Right. The opening shot, as you're showing there, like hot dog, like that's the kind of fucking that's pure Steve Martin, right? That the absurdist vision of Los Angeles. Like, it's actually a, it's actually uh, from a uh, uh, from a Fellini film, apparently. 
Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strata. I'm not sure. But no, no, yeah, I don't think it's Strata. It's like one of the classic, classic ones. I, 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 I'm set, I haven't watched Fellini films in, probably since I was 19, 20 years old. I really got to catch up. However, um, but yes, that is absolutely true. Uh, and it is. Uh, it starts off um, as beautiful fairy tale thing, right? And it's just showcase. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of mocking of silly uh, jabs at Los Angeles and you know stereotypes of Los Angeles. Yes, right. And they're playing La Mer. <laughs> yes, La Mer. Yeah. Da, 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 right? Yep, exactly. Right. Beautiful. And everything's in slow motion and they just showcase the 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 absurdity of the beauty side of Los Angeles. And it feels almost a little bit like uh what Annie Hall list that we were talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? There's even down to her character. She Who, which, looks which like- character? Yeah, um, she has a Victoria uh, Annie Hallish. Yeah, she has yes. an Annie Hallish quality. Uh, yes, Victoria Down Tennant to her is... bad driving. Yes. yes. Yep, that's right. That's right. Dolce Vita, right. by the way. I think it was Dolce Vita. Oh, that was the one I was trying to say. Go ahead. Sorry. La Dolce Vita. Okay. Yeah, I believe that maybe. Yeah. It's um, been a while. And uh, it's, it's, it, it, this movie is very goofy. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. And it takes, it, it, it takes the Steve Martin goofiness that was still, you know, very much applicable at the time. So think about a little bit like the jerk, not yeah. quite, not quite the, the jerk, but Roxanne a little well, bit. It's a, yeah. It's actually perfectly all of me. All all of me. me. Like Steve Martin's humor, Steve Martin, like when you read his, cause I read his books too, or at least a couple of his books and uh, like his writing style and the short stuff he's written for the New Yorker. He's a great writer, brilliant writer. And he has great taste, and he's like an art—he's an art dealer, and all sorts of strange things in real life. He's, he's kind of gotten out of comedy completely. Yeah, no, he—he yeah. he, he, like—he plays banjo professionally now. Like, but he's also in like, that great non- show, uh, Only Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building, tremendous movie. Tremendous I tremendous didn't show. like it that much. But oh, I'm, I'm obsessed with that. Obsessed with it. Obsessed with yeah. it. My whole family. But right. in any case, like the the his actual style is closest to L.A. Story. Like this is the closest in his movies. That he is to his writing, and right? I, and I suspect that, like, he was trying to approach this um, in the jerk and stuff. Like, jerk is amazing, funny. He was movie. writing this for seven years. <laughs> yeah, like it, it. really, it feels like like he's trying to make a movie that's actually very much like what he believes is beautiful, right? And right. all these other work, all of his slaps to comedy, and all, which is all ter- terrific in the eighties. Like that was the most sellable version that was next door to what he believes in, and he's right, very yeah. good at it, right? Um, but his actual real self is is the strangeness of this movie. Yes, and, he is very and, much so. Yeah, Down to like the magician, because mm-hmm. he was a magician, and in uh, Rick Moranis is. Uh, oh, is that doing the Hamlet bit? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, uh, yeah, right? we shouldn't mention that. So this whole film or this whole story is very loosely based on Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. Okay. So, uh, it is also uh, a lot of Shakespeare references done throughout this. Shakespeare is quoted multiple times and several Mm -hmm. characters show up as different Mm -hmm. Shakespearean characters. Rick Moranis Mm -hmm. is a grave digger, finds a skull. Yeah. They do the scene from Hamlet. They do the scene from Hamlet. And she's like, I knew him. It was like, (laughs) they didn't say Yorick. But they yeah, might as well, you know. Bore him on my, they bore me on my uh, his shoulders a thousand times, you know, right. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, 
And right. the opening line in the movie is more or less, uh, you know, I think about uh, William Shakespeare and uh, my favorite Shakespeare quote is about Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> He's like, he constantly does this. Yeah. Uh, and so, so he, like, yeah. And yeah, but talk- there's so, so many great things where they like, He's making it beautiful, funny, and sort of a tribute to Los Angeles. Like, right? Yeah. Like when they're playing the music and there's a shot of down the sidewalk where everyone is in their bathrobes, the sprinklers are going off that yes. looks very theatrical. And mm-hmm. they're all everyone's coming out of their, their suburban houses and choreographed reaching down to get the paper and getting back into the house. Like it's right. like a musical. And it was part of it is like it's really funny, but it's also quite fun and beautiful and great. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's very, it's very like the whole movie is very uh, uh, pastel, but not like very eighties uh, pastel. Though. Yeah, very, yeah, very eighties pastel. This was in ninety one, but it still has a very strong eighties feeling. Yeah, their, yeah, their dress and everything else. And uh, and like I would say that like if I have any critique about this movie, just generally, is I wish that Martin had also directed it. Because I feel like the director is not good enough for the material he was presented with. Like it's can I point something it's, out? It's a little bit. It's, it's please, he, Eric, he, please. Um, I noticed that not only are they using Enya, mm-hmm. which is also in Titanic, but there was a scene when they were on the beach and they looked blue and it looked like Avatar. Oh, it, looked, it actually looked very. Camera. And so I, this I, is I a big film thing. in James Cameron's yeah, uh, sphere of influence. You think so? I. But in the Avatar on the beach scene, I was, and then with the Anya, I was like, "Oh, I, I bet you Cameron pulled from this." I, I, I kind of, I kind Cameron, of Cameron took LA Story and said, "This is how I'm going to do the music for Titanic." Yeah, that's, your, that's your, that's your, that's your, and, your, and they got I, Avatar. I sort of buy that. I sort of buy that because Avatar, the blue, sh- the shot on the beach was poorly lit, right? Mm-hmm. It's and, like, it, but it, they it's, were all blue in the same tones. Like it was exactly like Avatar. This, like, this, could you imagine? This, can you imagine? <laughs> plane. I, like, I remember <laughs> when I saw this movie initially in 91, 20 years old. And I remember being really struck by uh, the Enya music and all this kind of stuff in the same way that I was really struck by the music for Grand Canyon. If you guys saw that Grand Canyon is a very LA story adjacent movie. And if anyone's not seen Grand Canyon, I strongly recommend Grand Canyon, which is a, 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 it's not quite as silly and fun as this, but it is in the same kind of ballpark. And they both have, like, Enya was seen as sort of an experimental touch here, you know, as opposed to, you know, later on she's overused in credit card commercials and whatever. But it was a very strange thing to do. And I bet it, like, I would believe that Cameron would watch that and go like, I love that's, that. Who's this singer? Who's this vibe. performer? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, they do this very, mm-hmm. she's, Enya is used in a very interesting way mm-hmm. in this film because she is the dream sequences, right? Yes. Um, where where and, it gets its most dreamy, like most. Right. And now it seems tropey to do that. But right. back then, no one had yeah, really heard Enya. It right. came out in 91. So yeah. essentially it was. You know, Titanic was ninety five. No, I'm talking about L.A. Stewart. And uh, then Titanic is Celine Dion, but it's exactly the same tone of music for sure. Well, no, they used Anya. No, no, it's all Celine Dion. It's all yeah. Celine. It's no, uh, uh, they James used Anya in L.A. Story. Titanic. No, no. it's Celine yes. Dion. It's one of it's, it's James Horner and Celine Dion. 
the whole thing. You can look it up there. But it is the same vibe music, 100%. You are right that it is the same vibe, 100%. It's it's almost identical music. Yeah. Okay. So then, but that it's like a flute or one of those. Same thing. flutes. Yeah, same thing. Clearly the same thing. You know what was interesting? I I think I told you guys this story before where, where Enya doesn't actually like to uh 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 be in a people, uh in, she doesn't listen to any other music because she doesn't want it to influence her own music she wants to right. be completely original which is strange <laughs> silly <laughs> yeah it's not my bag but yeah i get you <laughs> but yeah like i mean she's there's a, there's a like clonade and there's other stuff that was of the of the period that you know like suddenly the strong like classical irish influence started creeping in and it right. was the first time, like, these were the, that and Grand Canyon were the first movies I saw that kind of stuff in. And, um, and the music was really strange and sort of like a very, for, you know, what you were normally hearing, the, the Harold Faltermeyer style stuff from the 80s, it was a big departure. And I thought that it was like, it's my favorite parts of this movie actually are the Enya bits. Where I'm just like, this is really, this is Martin really trying to turn this into, like, when he opens it up with a Fellini looking thing, like, he really wants to make, this is what he wants this to be his Annie Hall. Like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make yeah. this work of art. I didn't you know? actually get the Annie Hall thing until just now. I was like, yeah, yeah it totally is. Yeah, but I, when I originally saw it, I was like, oh my, cause I was a huge Woody Allen fan. I just was like, man, he's just lifting Woody Allen down to her kind of mannerisms and her style and, and, uh, the way he kind of it's not a, so. it's not a bad thing to lift though. Oh, sure, works not, with not this. people have done it, but it, like, yeah. it, it is. I think it's but still, that's Steve Martin, you know. Yeah, well, like this is because it's also in the same thing as like uh like uh what's his name um in another movie in sort of the same style in sort of the same era is um the is the player Altman's movie, yeah. which is like the twisted dark version of the same tone, like it's yeah. like the, it's like the, the cynical time, version of much. L.A. Story. Yeah, exactly. So like people were really trying to get a hold of this energy, and when uh, was when was the player? I think it's ninety ninety one yeah. somewhere around it's there. Right, be the, and so and so there down. is true because they they've got what's his name uh, is is and then the the girl is the 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 the, the producer who he sleeps yeah. with. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like there's like there's some people who, and I would actually if the way I would really connect it to Annie Hall isn't just like the plot bit is like both the all. Uh, Grand Canyon, this and uh, the player all feel like they have sensibility taken from specifically the Annie California Hall. bits of Ali, Annie Hall. The yeah. California bits of Annie Hall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it's the same sensibility all the, all the way through. Yeah, same kind of jokes, same kind of like pseudo meta-ness about how, it, how Los Angeles is presented. Right. And, um, and they, and clearly all these directors, even, you know, Altman's incredible, you know, like deeply influenced by, uh, seeing Annie Hall like that really, yeah. really, really caught in their brains, and they wanted to express that when they're talking about LA. And I, because I mean, like you look at like the player is nothing at all like the LA that Altman draws for uh, Long Goodbye, um, which is you know, and a, the player a, is a lot of his Pasadena, and a lot of Pasadena as well, exactly. So like yeah, this this movie, like I really think that like I, I in this movie watching this again, I was just like I feel like Steve Martin should have continued to try to make this kind of thing. Like he doesn't really, he gets caught up in like, you know, family rom-com-y stuff throughout almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. Father the nice. bride and all that stuff. But that yeah. stuff pays. Like, oh, it pays crazy. huge. It pays huge. And mm-hmm. you, you know, and he did great work like 
writing writing his novels, Parenthood, and, you know, and stuff like this. And so, like he's, but I, but as a filmmaker, he really tries for something here. I think it doesn't. He doesn't quite pull it off because they, he needed a better director. But like, actually, the, the earnestness felt, is really, really quite, quite real. The girl, uh, Tenet, the uh, yes, right, Victoria Tenet. She was his girlfriend at the time. No, they I were married. They were married. They were yeah. married. They were married. Okay. So they did two she movies together. She was not together. a very good actress. She was. She's a little stiff in this. Oh my yeah, god! I think so. Yeah, for me, on this, I haven't seen it since the. Yeah. Um, the nineties. I right. was like, God, I forgot how bad of an actress she was. Well, the thing is, she's really, okay. She does. She yeah, serves the fine. job of. She just serves the job. Fine. Sarah Jessica Parker, on the other hand, is she's great. Yeah, she's great. She's like, boom. She's right on it. She's she's so much fun. She's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Like, such a great time, and uh, like she really understands the assignment. You know, she's just like. You know, this I is know. actually her big. She said this is her biggest breakthrough because before yes. this, she was always played. She was a child actress, so this is her first sort of act as an adult, mm-hmm. right? And more specifically, she always used to play the mousy person, right? Yeah, that's right. That's and right. So this is her first time where she gets to sort of show herself, you know, more adult and sexual, right? Yeah. And, and she's and, fun. She lights up the place. She's, and yeah, she she's, just plays. She plays yeah. that 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 L.A. Valley girl kind of craziness. Yeah, and it's and it's not like a hammy or critical kind of view of it. So usually that character is oh, like, it's, it's, look it's at this sweet. empty bimbo. It's actually she's like you get the sense that she's like she is quite smart. She has her own experience and her own goals. She has her own way of living. She has her own way of living, and this is totally all totally legit. Like you don't like she's not like Duh, you know or anything like this. Like you like you're like yeah no she's as as legit as anybody else is in this movie and maybe a little bit more so. Right. And uh and the energy she brings is exactly what Steve Martin needs in that movie. Like every time she shows up, it's like, ah yeah, 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 this more of this. This is working really well. Right. In fact, one of my favorite gags in the movie is the the her, her living with her boyfriend and the boyfriend constantly in the background. Like just yeah. the window. Looking out like, the window. <laughs> like it's so fantastic. And she asks Steve Martin to wave to him as they leave oh, to wait, go on the week <laughs> as they leave to go for away for the so weekend. Good. So fantastic. All right. But yeah, like so, the, the the movie is a real. I think it's really working to be a, a work of art, not just like a fun slapsticky movie. And it, it, it really I agree, is a great and feeling. I think it. I still see it as as it doesn't quite pull it off, like you said. But to mm-hmm. me, every time I see this movie, it just makes me feel good. Yeah. And I love how how that works, and I love yeah. how it, how he's trying to say that. And I I love the fact that it's similar to Lebowski. It's it it has a lot of the goofy little gags, but there's an underlying narrative that's mm-hmm. happening beneath it that's really really funny. Yeah, there's much. Uh, I mean, I'm not just but really meaningful yeah. in some ways. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, so so here's here's premise. He is a weatherman in Los Angeles. He makes fun of the fact that he is a weatherman in Los Angeles because the weather is always the same. Except now, it's not always the same. I actually look at the weather <laughs> right. this these last few months because it's been insane in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's. it's- Crazy. But historically crazy speaking, <laughs> this is really wild. Yes, historically speaking, the weather is seventy-two and sunny mm-hmm. all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, by the way, that is uh, seventy-two and sunny is the name of an advertising agency in Los yeah. Angeles, uh, and it For is also used to be uh, people would joke about it because iPhones did not have live tiles, which would give you live updates uh, on your phone, right? Mm-hmm. So the weather app just said 72 and sunny 
on it the whole time. Huh? <laughs> right? That's funny, right? Right. Right. <laughs> because that's what the weather is like in Los Angeles all the time. Yep. Or Up what? until very recently when suddenly yeah. you roll a, roll a dice. <laughs> roll a dice. Yeah. Trust me. I'm trying to fish and this is, is I know how the rest of the world feels. I could, I never used to actually look at the weather. I only looked at the tides. I never looked at the weather be when I went fishing. Yep. Uh, anyway, so uh, he is a, and he plays the wacky weatherman because there's no other thing that can make the weather be interesting because it's always the same weather. So he plays the wacky weatherman and he just throws things at the screen and just, and that's what his whole thing is, right? I forgot Woody Harrelson was in it too. Yes. Oh, there's so a good. lot of cameos that are not credited. Yeah. Uh, Chevy Chase, Woody Harrelson, Rick Moranis. Right. And because Harrison was famous at the time, he had only he been cheer, cheer. So Harrison, Woody Harrelson plays the producer, right? The, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or the director, or whatever the the, yeah, the news the, news director, the show, yeah. right? Um, and so uh, you realize that he's the wacky weather guy and silly, and his uh, in the morning weather guy or whatever, and his co-hosts have no respect for him. <laughs> So, right. Yeah, everybody hates him. Everybody he, hates he, him because he has pretensions of being an artist. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, like the and one and one of the one of the best sort of technically done bits in the beginning is when he is entering the studio uh, and he's like they're putting makeup on. And he's got this whole like monologue as they're like everyone's sort of you know uh, putting his jacket on and all this kind of jazz, and then he leads into doing his shtick and uh, which is very very goofball as he does the weather. Right. And as it closes out, you see the people that he's working with who are casting with him hate him. Mm-hmm. Right. And basically say, like, yeah, so I heard you went to college to be a, you know, for arts and humanities. Yeah. Well, a lot of good that did you. Right. Right. And it comes out of that. And the director yells at him for being too intellectual. Like, right. this super slapstick nonsense that he was just doing was too smart for the gag they were going for. Right. And just like, Wow! <laughs> yeah. like like this is this they're is making some... fun of it. Like like let's make more fun of you. Let's give you more yes. reasons to make fun of you for being an idiot. Yes, exactly. Nice job right. with all the smart jokes, asshole. Right. <laughs> exactly. No irony, please. Right. Yep. And then we uh we there throughout this whole thing there is constant uh uh jokes about stereotypes about Los Angeles. Right. Mm-hmm. So he is trying to get home through traffic and he has a million shortcuts and we all have them. Everyone in Los Angeles has their million shortcuts. And this is before ways and all that other stuff. In fact, what's funny, you know, what's funny is that there's several neighborhoods in Los Angeles that try to ban ways in Los Angeles because people were cutting through their neighborhoods. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, but before then it was like, I had that in my neighborhood. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, like it's an insane amount of traffic suddenly starts showing because everyone's getting funneled through your uh, your 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 side street. Your side street. Yeah. Um. So he does the whole thing where he's trying to get from one place to the next through these shortcuts, and they make fun of that, like he's going up and down stairs, et cetera, et cetera, as he's driving. Um. Also, the other joke they had it was this was back in you know again it's late nineties, but it was popular in the eighties. The Garfield sticker, uh, yes. suction cup uh, guy right. that you would have on the back of your car, so it looks the like Garfield, Garfield is yeah. inside your car. Well, the Garfield is on the outside of the car, 
<clears throat> because right. it never rains in Los Angeles, so it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, uh, so that's the other gag. But he tries to get to his destination, and he's, you know, he likes to be. It's interesting. He likes to be on time. No one in Los Angeles is interested in being on time. Ever. On time is being one hour late. <laughs> right. Exactly. Still true. It's still true. <laughs> still quite true. <laughs> like if you have a party at seven and you show up at seven. You're going to be the first one there by a long shot. In fact, the people who host a party are still getting dressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because so, like when he's the whole opening bit, when he's like with, uh, you know, with his girlfriend, she's getting ready. She, they're already right. like an hour late and they finally get to the place. And he's just like, oh, uh, yes, I'm uh, part of a reservation for 10. And they're like, and he's like, yes, you're the first to arrive. You're the first to arrive. <laughs> right. Yeah. His girlfriend, his Mary girlfriend is who's what Mary, Mary Lou from Taxi? That's yeah. right. Yep, yep. Right, and El- she Elaine is wearing Nardo. the most '80s power suit ever, like with the big shoulder pads, the big collar. Yeah, so funny, so good. She's great. I love, I love her. She's great. Right. Yeah. And so they show up at a very Los Angeles restaurant. I mean, it's it, that restaurant. It might as well have been today. Like it's, it's so funny that. All the restaurants you go to today, they all seem so avant-garde. But this movie is freaking 30-plus years old, 32 right. years old, and it looks exactly the same as today. It's the same like, bullshit. It's, it's same the bullshit. same it's bullshit. Same bullshit. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love like the it. fact that the, the what seems so advanced 32 years later or so avant-garde with the food yeah. and everything else is the same today. Same junk. Same the, junk. Repackage the same dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I really can't. I'm, I'm not a uh, like I, I love great food. I hate bullshit, expensive nonsense. Like I really, really can't stand that. Then this movie really sums it up. It's just like the little plate with the the curly cube asparagus and like a little smear or something. It's uh, like this. Sometimes seventy bucks. Sometimes good. <laughs> Some, sometimes if you really embrace that mm-hmm. and you just like say fuck it, it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Uh, I got, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to find that place. I've never no, found that you place. You just, you just have to say, you don't, 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 well, oh, we had a big discussion today on our verge, on our verge, on our, uh, discord mm-hmm. about the menu. Yeah. You two, you guys did not like the menu. I love the menu, right? That's I did the, not like the menu. Yeah. I thought I it was the menu. I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was predictable and I still think the menu is, I didn't I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad movie I'm mm-hmm. just saying like I've seen this movie before which is how I felt about Triangle of Sadness which I thought was a bad movie like right it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty fun movie but like talk about like like there's that was like that's like Benny Hill that was like there's nothing going on in this they have, they have zero to say except like aren't aren't rich people dumb and that's yeah, the middle yeah. of it no, it's just like it's like, it, it like the menu, <laughs> which just didn't have anything that was meaningful in it. it no, but I, I do think that if it was done, casting was bad too. Uh, yes, Cusiamo. It was just wasn't very. Uh... Well, like, here's my here's my pitch for the menu for people that may, may enjoy it. I don't think it's the movie that people that it is pitched as being, and I I would agree with you guys in saying like. Caesar and I were saying that it would be uh, well. I thought it would be really cool if uh, 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 um, uh, if uh, uh, Peter Greenway did it. 
Exactly. That's he the movie. That, I, that's that is the but movie. But he I, did do it. It's called the Cook the Wife of the Right. Yeah. That is the that is the movie I thought that it was, and it is one hundred percent not that movie. It's not that movie. It's that's a it. dumb version of that movie. Oh, it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I think the reason why, if you go in thinking it's that movie, it is not going to be enjoyable because it is not that movie. It it is like it sort of shoves that movie to the side, and it's actually like it's actually very like the difference between the two is that Greenway's movie is very is very well done, and I like it. Um, but it's a very mocking, harsh, cruel film where this is actually a very, very empathic movie, even towards the rich people. Like everything in it is very empathic and it's not very much interested in making fun in the way that it sets it up to make fun that you think it's going to do it. And if, if you think if that's like halfway through it, I was like, I, cause I was halfway in, I was like, what is this movie? Cause it's not delivering the goods that I expected it to deliver. Um, but then something happened where I was like, I, I felt like I was following a different emotional thread. That thread ended second. up being Brady, what the movie was going to work. This isn't going to work. Sorry. Yeah. So you, the like the 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 overall for me is that like the movie that I loved in it isn't the movie that it seemed to introduce itself as. I got. I think it. you know what I'm saying. Like that's like so when I said that I loved it, it was very moving. It, it's not because I was just I thought it was a clever make fun of the rich movie that has almost nothing to do with what the movie was for me. So yeah, I, I totally get it. If they like Greenaway's movie, if you want to see that, see Greenaway's movie. Like, well, it was like, interesting because Caesar said he, he just rewatched the movie and he says it doesn't hold up the way he thought. So I'm actually curious to rewatch mm. it. Although it's a hard movie to watch. It's not like, <laughs> I like it's not, a lot. It's not one of those Saturday yeah. afternoon movies. Yeah, it's a nasty <laughs> film. Nasty, nasty film. Do you remember the pillow book? Did you see the pillow book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like Greenaway. I like I like his. Name. I, I like the whole book. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I like the, um, Belly of an Architect with uh, Brian Dennehy. Great. Yeah, I like that stuff. And like, like he's not like he's not the kind of filmmaker. He's not the kind of he doesn't make the kind of movies that I would want to make. Like they're very cynical, well, cruel, mean films. But the I, thing I think that he's I love excellent. about well, that the, period too, dude. Yeah. It's like that's a it's like a '60s director. I mean, oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's a totally Greenway. I think Greenway, the thing that I loved about is the, is the staging, like right, yeah. the colors yeah, that he uses. Theater, it's yeah, beautifully theater, John, theatrical. It's very theater, yeah. stage, and that's why I liked it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I can actually, see Jar- that. That's, Dar- that's your, that's your, that's your jam. Great, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's my jam. Derek Jarman's a great comparison there. If you're into that scene, that is a great, that's in that flow for sure. And that, that's yeah. what I really like. And I think that like Mirren is terrific in that movie. And what's his name? Um, Michael Donso, the, uh, the husband is great. Um, as far as I remember, it's been, it's been a while, so I don't know if it holds up or not, but I like, I really remember being impressed with those guys and the camera work, this like almost the entire movie is this trucking side shot, like as it's going from table to room to room to room and the production design. Is yeah. Insane. It's all about it's colors and movie. It's very theatrical. Yeah, yeah. All right. I got to get back to this. Sorry. Sorry. Going back. So they have, they go to a very fancy California restaurant and they make fun of the very fancy California restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. And doing so. And then they have all the people that are meeting for lunch are stereotypical people, California, right? People that are sitting there. They're all very beautiful people, wonderful people. They're all very mm-hmm. nice. Some of them have bandages Iman. on their nose because they just had plastic surgery. <laughs> right, right. It was Iman. Iman was there. Yeah. The, the guy who plays uh, Nicolas Cage's best friend in Raising Arizona was there. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's... So good. I love that guy. He's like, there's something wrong with my semen. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a... He is... 
classic that guy oh my god i pity you <laughs> yeah man oh man he told one he too many jokes. Kind of the same, yeah exactly he suffers kind of the same fate in this movie as well yeah when uh when uh when martin goes bang and drives his head in the bell i think it's pretty great right but yeah like and then even in this like this is what i really loved about the movie is like none of this is mean like no it's, it's, it's sort of like a, it's a very sweet version of this kind of thing as opposed to usually this is like it's it's like look at these fucking jerks you know and instead no it's one like, like 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 the worst person there's no bad people in this movie there's no bad people patrick stewart maybe but that's about it no but that's no, funny it's funny yeah, as hell funny. he's not bad he's he's hysterically funny right, right. like but there's no bad people everything is legitimate well, Everyone is who's, the, who's the who's the actor who plays the 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 husband the english the other the english oh, uh, guy richard uh shoot i can't think with of nell and i guy yeah he's, he's terrific he's great i love he's that guy so good uh isn't he also how to get ahead in advertising yes isn't he? Yes. yes yeah, yeah wow, he's terrific good. he's become actually uh, i was just saying this he's become like a Thank gay you, icon <laughs> for britain man he's he's really huge again, sorry. let's see earlier story is richard richard oh god what is his name LA story cast. I'll get it. Second, I thought it was Richard. It is Richard E. Grant. There we are. Richard E. Grant. Yes, and, uh, he's yeah, very, he very funny in this. He is a fucking great actor, man. He is amazing. Oh, he's, he's very funny, and yep. he's great in this as well. He plays yep. the perfect gentleman guy who's yep. just love struck and wonderful. You know, yeah, yep. really hilarious. Yep. And anyway. even even he's in the position to be the bad guy, and he's not even a bad guy. He's not even a bad guy. You just yep. feel sorry for him. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so, anyway, so the, he's one of the people at the party. The English guy, right? Mm -hmm. It's charming and wonderful. Oh, so sweet. And he is waiting for his guest to arrive. He has a guest supposed to arrive. And it's played by Victoria Tennant, English woman, who shows up. And as we mentioned before, Victoria Tennant is (laughs) the the person who arrives. And she's wearing literally like an Annie Hall hat and and, and, and the Annie Hall vest almost, right? Like, right? And everyone else, by the way, is dressed in 80s power suits and weird stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Right. Um, so uh, 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 Steve Martin is uh, admires her, just completely infatuated mm-hmm. by her charm, right? Mm-hmm. In the same way that you would see in Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. You know, I never even put that together until it's, recently. I mean, it's the same setup, for sure. Same I, I think it's, setup. I think it's an intentional nod, and he wants to set it up that way. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, him and his girlfriend are talking about it. Um, and uh, she, uh, she's uh, as they're waiting for the valet to give them their cars, right? And then they do a dead joke, and then the, the girlfriend says, "Like, bet you, unless she's wearing that stupid hat, I bet you she had really bad hair." And then at which point they see her, and she asks them a question, and she takes off her hat. And her hair looks great. At right. which point the girlfriend goes, ugh. <laughs> right. 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 The and little you, jealousy. It, yeah. Going and on. she can see that, that Martin likes her. Like, it's all very clear, you know? Right. And, uh, and like, uh, like. The question, actually, what's funny is the question she asks is, uh, if I want to do some loud booming sounds, uh, what what is the earliest I can make some? It's like what kind of sounds you can make? It's like loud booming sounds. It's like ah, loud booming sounds probably about nine thirty, ten ten o'clock. Because <laughs> it's like what kind of like construction? She's like no, like loud booming. You know, it's, oh, that's nine thirty. Actually, we schedule these things. <laughs> and like, and the LA that he constructs is like so 
uh, how can I say it? Like, it's so surreal, but everything feels naturally surreal. Right. Like, nothing, it doesn't, when something yeah. happens that's obviously not real, it doesn't feel like it's out of place with anything else no, you've seen. No, it feels like, oh, this, this <laughs> like, anywhere else in the world, this would be ridiculous. But right. because we're but in Los Angeles. It makes sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, right. Which is, which I think, you know, I think this is why I just realized this. I think this is why I love this film so mm-hmm. much is because this story of because it's in this city, this makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a very big trope, right? Like, yeah. And the one that I do it the most on is New York, right? Yeah. 100%. Sure. New York, right. you always do like, mm-hmm. Oh, New York, because it's New York, any taxi hall. driver makes is. sense yeah, because exactly. it's New York. Any hall makes sense because right. it's New York. Ghostbusters makes sense. Right. 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 All of these things, but they don't, They've done it a little bit in LA with Annie Hall. Yeah. But it really, at that time, there wasn't really a, there one wasn't like a that. Good it was kind definition. of the first time where it was a, a New York, it was this type of film honoring a city mm-hmm. other than New York. But yeah. It's, it's really that, rare for That's LA. why, yeah. it, it, for me, when I saw it in the theater, that's what I was expecting to see. And I saw it. Yeah. And and it was like lovely. It, that way. There, because there are there are plenty of times that LA is used as like in as a as a bad guy in movies. Not uh, in Heat. You know, <laughs> like, like yeah, it's like Heat is one of my favorite LA movies. Uh, yeah, where the city is sort of neutral but un, but uncaring. Like it's extremely accurately drawn uh, in terms of like where everything is, the tone, the styles, the architecture, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but it's also very like. You know, you're on your own is the flavor that uh, that movie gives off. Collateral is even more kind of frightening. It's still accurate uh, because my man is very focused on doing that kind of stuff. But he's still like making it uh, sort of subservient to the character's interests. Whereas in L.A. Story, it really is the movie. Almost as much as like taking Pelham 1, 2, 3 is almost more about New New York than it is about any of the characters. Like it's like here's the strata of New York. And we're using the subway as the metaphor to connect all this kind of stuff. And, and here's your, here's Quint, the bad guy. And here's, uh, not Klugman, rather, I keep on saying Jack, Jack Klugman, rather, Walter, uh, Matthau. Walter Matthau. You know, and this movie feels the same way. It's just like, we really want to talk about LA. This is an LA story. And here is a typical story that happens there because this is a magical place. But the other thing I noticed is that those type of setups they do where it's the earthquake setup, everything that's pretty much like, uh, you know, leaf. Um, what's the one with Eddie Murphy in L.A.? Oh, oh Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop oh, setups yeah. of like yeah, what you they see. Are. LA Absolutely, as. you're right. Oh, like Beverly Hills Cop does it as well. Mm-hmm. I can't believe there's an earthquake here, and they wear shoes and look like dogs. Right. You know, it's like those crazy people. That's the kind <laughs> of thing that right. it was just it. It pushed a lot of, mm-hmm. yes. particularly the old people. Yeah, driving, driving the away car. in the Ferrari. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I think like the like I said, like I feel like there's a uh, like if you're opening with a Fellini shot, you probably want to get a director who is really committed to like teasing out the art of what you're trying to say. Um, and I feel like they that Martin's director was probably a TV guy. Like I don't know who it was, but it's just sort of a kind of straightforward. Or, uh, actually, guy. I would say he was a commercial. A video director. Yeah, that is, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say he's a video director. Who? Let's look him up because because like the mo- the movie that this the closest thing I can think of. Mick to this Jackson outside, was name of the director. Mick Jackson. No offense, Mick Jackson. I think this is a little, this is a pretty flat flatly directed movie. 
Uh, maybe he's done other great work. Um, the uh, but the uh, last film was in 2016. I kept working. That's good. Maybe he did some good stuff. But like the uh, like oh, the you know what he did? What's that? What volcano? Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That movie is terrible. <laughs> That's a bad movie. I'm sorry to say. I've been responsible yeah, for bad movies myself. Yeah, yeah, you, you have talk. my sympathies. But like this is... Everyone looks the same. Everybody looks the same. And he did uh, that one only fucking. six years after he did this one. That is wow. That movie is like it's like having a having a, a, a gut okay, wound in a cop film. <laughs> this, this, and I'm going to put this out there. Like, Volcano's a terrible movie, and maybe this director is not necessarily a great director, but... It is still a really good movie. So oh, yeah, you can yeah, yeah, still yeah. have wanna, a, a director that's thing. not that great and still make this yeah. all work. The, the director underserves the material, but the material is still very, uh, like, has a powerful effect that I think was, it's really worth noting. And I think it's a good movie and has some really, really great moments all over the place. And I feel like the, like, the closest this movie is outside of its particular zone in the 90s is actually like, like, this is like two steps away from being like Magnolia in a way. Like it's like it, Magnolia is darker and a little bit more uh, hyper dramatic, uh, but it has the same sort of magic realism and the same sort of like trying to connect everybody in a positive statement uh, via that magical realism. That I'm just like, man, if this movie just had a little bit more of a kick of that kind of artful command, like a little bit more of an art auteur eye, then this would be the the Annie Hall that Martin was hoping to make with it. I think because it's mm, it's still good. It's still, still good. very good. It's still, still very, very good. good. Okay. Yeah. So uh, basically what we realize is that uh, 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 Steve Martin has become infatuated with Victoria Tennant, English woman, who is here on town. She's a journalist, and she's trying to write a story about Los Angeles, right? And he <laughs> wants to get to know her and is uh, going to try to figure out how to be her tour guide of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which I kind of love the guy who wants to be the tour guide kind of thing. No, it's fun. I like that a lot. And it has one and produces one of the great lines in the film, which I hope you quote. Which one? Uh, About LA architecture. Oh, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. These, uh, some of these buildings uh, have been around since 1923. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's such a, it's such a fun, like it's loaded with these like little funny, sweet, uh, Speaking stats. of which, it's I do really want to great. say something that that architecture thing because mm-hmm. sorry, this is we're talking about level Los Angeles. Everyone needs to look up Ice Cube architecture Los Angeles on YouTube. If you've never seen this, vi- have you ever seen this video? I believe you sent me this video. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, this is Ice Cube talking about his love of Los Angeles mm-hmm. through architecture. And he talks about Charles and Ray Eames. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the greatest videos ever. Yep. It's awesome. It is awesome. I love and it. And he talks about specifically like the different freeways. And he's like, mm-hmm. there's different kinds ah. of freeways. The 405, that's bougie traffic. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. The 110, that's, that's gangster traffic right mm-hmm. there. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There's a difference. And he's a hundred percent right. And unless you live in Los Angeles, you don't know. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's good stuff, man. Put that, drop that in the So look up Ice Cube and Ice Cube has a passion for architecture and he talks about, you know, the forum, 
Cockney Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what's the other? Uh, um, uh, uh, height, uh, the towers. Um, Nakatomi Towers. No, no, not, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 the no, 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 all right. Anyway, so uh, but they do talk about uh, uh, this, and so what we end up happening, ends up happening, is we start to realize that Steve Martin is incredibly dissatisfied with his life. Mm-hmm. He is a trope. He is uh, being seen as goofy and vapid and shallow, and really, he has way more to offer that he wants to do, artistically speaking, and um, and he wants to express himself artistically. His uh, friends are his neighbors that live two houses down, which he drives to, which is another joke about Los Angeles, that he is, he takes his car and just rolls it down the hill. One of my favorite gags in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he gets in his car, the camera, the camera cranes up as he starts driving in a classic sort of shot, and then he parks about 40 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to his ha- a neighbor's house, and they have like a ridiculous juice bar set up for their house. And they talk about, you know, what they're doing and how they wake up at like 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning. Another tie to Titanic is, uh, I believe that Susie Amos is the, uh, is the, the, is the, is the girlfriend in that situation. Uh, she's the Titanic mom. Um, oh, really? Yes. Yeah. She's behind glasses the whole time, but I think that's, that's who it is. Yeah. Otherwise known as, uh, Strawberry Alice from Unforgiven. Right. No. Okay. <sighs> Uh, and then the next, uh, not, am I mixing up? It's not Susie Amos. It made me think of, okay, I'm going to check my, check my notes here. It's late in the day, but yes, I think it is the same woman. Okay. Uh, the, uh, as they, uh, Francis the, Fisher, sorry, Francis Fisher, not Susie Amos. She's also in Titanic. But so him and his neighbor, they do, uh, video art pieces together where they film him, uh, Going through uh, museums on roller skates, passing mm-hmm. pieces of art. That's this his... is Steve Martin talking about himself. This it is what his movie is. Like he's like, I want to be seen as a greater artist than a slapstick comedian from the jerk. Yeah. And I because people see me as the goofy fucking weatherman and I want to be known for more than that. I have weird ideas. I have strange things. Yep. And I skate like I am a person who I, I I imagine skating through a museum full of great art, and here's this goofball guy skating through it. That's yep. a symbol of himself. Right. Now, before, uh, but uh, there is a story that happens around skating around the museum, but I wanted to go back a little bit because I'm, I'm just remembering a little bit the, the way mm-hmm. the, the story works. Is uh, he needs to get some new pants. And he goes to a store to get uh, pants, at which point you get the whole. Uh, stereotype of fashion stuff that's going on in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And, uh, but he buys pants. And then the person that ends up helping him out with pants is Sarah Jessica Parker, who is incredibly bouncy. Bubbly. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, she, like, she is normally called out for being the manic pixie dream girl trope, which is uh, heavily criticized in film these days. 
And I want to point out that she's not actually that. She's in the position to do that, but she is not the love interest of the movie. No. Like, she has her own character, her own um, her own story, and they're tangentially bumping together, and it does change Steve Martin's life, but it's not, you know, at the expense of her life when she is, she is created as her own separate character. Well, uh, I think what she teaches his character him. is to just be himself. Yeah. And he's, yeah, who exactly. the fuck he's cares the one what who's holding think. himself back. It's not everybody else. Yeah. She's the freest person in the movie. Yeah. Right. She is an example of how to be, uh, she's not there to magically make his life better, which is the critique that is leveled on that kind of character. Right. Like, she is, she sets a standard that he can engage if he cares to, but, uh, she, she's going to go off and live her own life regardless. Right. And so I, that's, that's what I like from her opening scene. That's what I enjoy about her performance. That's, this is probably my favorite work from her outside of television. I, that's actually, I think it's my only favorite work of her. Yeah. I don't think she's a very good actress. I think this is, make, yeah, she uh, gets caught in the sex in the city stuff. I'm just like, I don't like sex in the city. I think that, 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 that movie no. or that series is an incredibly, uh, does an incredible disservice to, to, to women showing how they need to, <sighs> change their character for the men that are around them. And yeah, I just a, hate it. It's a junk show. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I hate it's it. Just, I was like, Oh, show. it's so empowering to women. No, absolutely. Not. Nah. Women are the weakest characters in this, in this yeah. series. And it's really yeah. bad. Like, yeah, like I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think anything particularly heavy about it. I just watched it. Didn't think it was very funny. I was right. just like, man, whatever. What can I you do? I was dumb. I felt yeah, like my brain was ready. However, I also do enjoy, uh, I like, I love, um, uh, if anyone's seen on HBO, um, the the uh, the other two, which is also dumb as hell. So I like dumb stuff. I just didn't like that dumb stuff. Right. I'm all for dumb stuff. <laughs> I'm all for dumb. <laughs> I am. It is true. So uh, okay. So where were we? Um, meets her. Meets her. Okay. So he meets her, and then she. And she's a totally kooky character, right? So she's also kooky, which is also kind of cool in some ways, but very California kooky as opposed to English kooky, right? Yeah. Right? And so her name is Sandy, but her name is spelt like a password version of a Sandy, (laughs) right? capital A, blah, blah, blah. Capital S, capital A, (laughs) S, little lower A, capital D, and then a star at the end. Like literally that's – if you look at the credits on IMDb – they actually spell her name out the way it's spelled in the film, which is that's good. That's that's good. 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 Yeah. And so, um, which she... is sort of like it's sort of a structurally interesting thing to do to introduce her because, like, if she were the manic pixie dream girl, she would be the love interest of the movie. But actually, she's just sort of a fulcrum for the movie because, right. like, he's already met um, the love interest, the English woman, right? And he's already fallen for her. But uh, this is Sarah Jessica Parker is essentially the personification of Los Angeles. Like Los yes, Angeles yes. comes All in the jokes to help make you. Fun, it's her. Yeah, and so like Los Angeles comes to life in the form of her to say, "Get your fucking shit together, live your life, be have you know have fun." It's you're under your control to do that, you know, and uh, and that is what and she is the counterpoint, you know, sort of like in all oh, right augments with the talking sign to finally get his fucking shit together. Like he is he is saying like because I lived in L.A., I realized I should embrace my life for real, because look at all these, like, look at all this goofball 
this, you know, you know, panoply of people here. Like, what am I uptight about? You know, right. and that's, that's what she, that's what she does. She does it incredibly well. But like, uh, meanwhile, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Elaine Nardo there. Uh, uh, his girlfriend, uh, like she's like, so wrapped up in presenting herself, um, uh, that she can't have any fun. Right. And then, so she ends up hooking up with Kevin Pollack and mm-hmm. like, you're like, like I'm watching the movie, like, why the fuck would you cheat on Steve Martin? For Kevin Pollack. No offense, yeah. Kevin Pollack. Oh, oh. Well, it's clear. It's clear. It's a very 80s mentality. Like, he's going to be more successful, so I'm right. going to be with him, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and, he, and he is, and he is his agent. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. He's like, you've been sleeping with my agent. And he says this as a joke. She goes, how did you know? It's like, wait, I was right? <laughs> And this is how I find out. You tell me. <laughs> you tell. This is how I found out. Fucking tell awesome me? line. Amazing, amazing line. But yeah, like it, like so. He is sort of like because of that. Like he's suddenly just sort of cut free. Like he's just like, oh shit, you know. Like I don't. Yeah. Like, you know. Like now he's just, like he's he's flying through the movie with you know windmilling his arms, and he doesn't know who he who he is yet. Right. You know, and that's basically what the movie is about. It's about him becoming himself. Yes. And he's very happy about it. He's very mm-hmm. happy that uh, she's, she's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's like, oh, well, now she's the bad person because she cheated on me. So yeah. now I can be free. Um, and a great shot of like following him down the stairs and he's like all depressed. And then he's, he's walking. He starts going like. <laughs> starts doing yeah. the Steve Martin dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical. Like that's a great gag. That's a yeah. totally great gag. Right. So, uh, so anyway, he goes to see, uh, he decides to call Sarah Jessica Parker. He wants to go with the other girl, the English girl. Um, mm-hmm. but he, he, he decides he's going to see Sarah Jessica Parker and she's like, sure. Yeah. Wait, whatever. Let's do something. And then they decide to go to, to dinner. And he goes, Oh, let's go to a place. There's a new place called Lidio. It's like, great. I'll try to make reservations. Right. So he tries to make reservations at this fancy restaurant in Los Angeles. Uh, and he calls and they laugh at him on the phone and he has to go down to the actual bank. restaurant with a bank statement. Bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. No, he has to go. He, they, the restaurant owners ask him to meet him at the bank. That's right. All right. We need <laughs> to see bank. your financials before you can have a reservation. Before you can have a reservation. All right. And so the, the, the bank is there to sort of media, mediate between these two parties as to whether or not this is going to happen. Like, right. You know, and so you have, uh, you have Patrick Stewart in full, like, Nazi regalia uh, saying, so what, what is it you would wish to order? You know, and they're, like, right. looking through the menu. Like, I was thinking maybe the, the duck? You cannot have, you cannot you have the duck. You can't chicken on me. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken. Yeah. What about my date? If I can't order for my, it's like, she can have the duck. And it's like, fine, she can have the duck. You can have reservations in five weeks. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good, man. That's hysterical. Right? At which point he calls Sandy and says, uh, I was thinking, you know, I heard bad things about that restaurant. Maybe we can try another place. Yeah. But then he awesome. ends up, uh, crashing, literally crashing into the English girl over at the, uh, uh, Victoria Tennant over at the, uh, the museum, uh, because he's on roller skates. And they start laughing and joking, and the other English guy is with her too, right? 
And so they say, well, let's, let's all go to dinner together. And he's like, okay. And goes, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm in love with says, your girlfriend. And then he's like, okay. And it's like, well, uh, how about Lidio? And by the way, do you know what Lidio is, right? Yeah, the idiot. The idiot, right. Yeah. <laughs> the idiot. Yeah. Lidio. So there's a couple. Yeah. Go ahead. Chicken of the sea. Yeah, yeah, the other one was chicken of the sea, which was hilarious. Yes. I was going to say that. Pollo de Mar. Yeah. <laughs> which is the rest of the, the, the hotel they go to is called Pollo remember? del Mar, which is chicken of the sea, <laughs> my, my fa- that's which my is point. a brand of, uh, for those of you who are not American, uh, it is a brand of tuna fish in the United States called chicken of the sea. <laughs> and uh, we also recognize that this is idiotic because we have a great Saturday Night Live thing on there's chicken of the sea and pork of the orchard and everything else. Yeah, so you can look that as that. Anyway, the uh, they, they end up heading to Leo, but I do want to throw in there another one of my favorite bits is when the English guy goes, uh, sees his roller skating through the museum bit. And he's like, well, you should try the Guggenheim. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because it's a spiral and goes yes, down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was really funny. Anyway, so uh, they get a reservation, Ligio, like immediately because the English guy just calls. And of course, this embarrasses uh, Steve Martin about it. And then they make fun of the restaurant where they end up the waiter comes by, asks him if they want floss and if they want diet floss, you know, right, that kind right. of joke. And all the portions are ridiculously small and the waiters end up wrapping the menu to them, you know, that kind of stuff. So pretty funny, very funny, very LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so anyway, so that's, that, that ends up happening. And then, uh, oh, right. The freeway sign. Mm-hmm. The, the freeway, freeway sign is the most important part of the movie. Actually, mm-hmm. he is driving in traffic and he sees the freeway sign. Uh, oh, wait, no, he, she's in the car with him, right? No. Oh, no. His, no, his with, old uh, girlfriend was in the car yeah. the first time he meets it right. when he's driving back. And the so this is before they broke up. He's driving back. The car start feels like it's breaking down. He pulls over to the side to figure out what's going on. He pulls up the hood to try to fix it, and the freeway sign behind him starts talking to him with words and starts using uh, words that are trying to inspire him, saying, L.A. wants to help you. That's the other thing that was pretty cool mm-hmm. about it, right? So he's thinking about that, and he says, but his girlfriend doesn't see anything of this because, one, she's completely self-centered in the car, and also the hood of the car is up, and so he can't uh, have this conversation, right? Um, so uh, anyway... They, uh, uh, the, the hood goes back down. Um, and so he's rolling, he has a connection with this, with this car. Um, and, um, after their dinner at Lidio, he drives the English woman back home and he's trying to talk to her and it doesn't, uh, what, what ends up driving them into the car? Who in the car? Oh, because there's the whole thing about like who should drive with who and all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. But no, but when they get back and then he tries to kiss her or something, he does yes. kiss her. Right. right. Well, because the, the sign is encouraging him to kiss her. Right. And the, the, the sort of the tension that is built is that the relationship that she is used to having with someone like her, her ex, yeah. which is the English guy, by the way, the we English find dude, out later. Right. right. Yeah. Is that like, it's like you see everything with them is like, he doesn't like LA. Like he's a highly intellectual person. All of uh, like his only way that he interacts with everything is sort of like 
and including art and everything is in this like very headspacey intellectually, you know, uh, articulate way. And that's the way that she is used to sort of communicating, uh, with her boyfriend or whatever it is, ex. And, um, and, uh, Steve Martin, like has very pure feelings for her. And the sign is just sort of like, just basically saying, shut the fuck up and let your body react to this thing. Like kiss her, just kiss her. Like, because she is trying to interact with him. She's falling for him, but she is, like, trying to be intellectual and articulate about it, and it's getting in the way. Right. Like, and it's all, like, the scene, most of their scenes together, and much of what the sign is saying, is just, like, let all of that highfalutin intellectualia fall away. Like, get it out of your head. Like, be in your body, be in the present moment, and experience something for, for real reasons. And, uh, cause everything you see with her and Richard Grant, like it's when they cross cutting the two driving, right? Her and Richard Grant are just like talking about highfalutin arty stuff. And then it cuts back to, you know, uh, you know, uh, Steve Martin and, um, and, uh, and, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker talking about, like, she's quizzing him on like, you know, trivia Crunch- about films, uh, about, yeah, about, about, about Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. About Groucho Marx and shit like this. Right. And so with that, like that, uh, is very similar to, uh, Manhattan and uh, and Woody Allen's uh, uh, observations on the pretentiousness of appreciating your own appreciation of art. You right. know when uh, when Diane Keaton in that movie and her and her boyfriend are like talking about the Academy of the Overrated. You know, oh, that's and they, from that's from that's from Manhattan. Sisters. That no, that's from Manhattan. And oh, uh, right, and like just like oh, and oh, and Van Gogh. Of course, we can't forget Van Gogh. And they're just like knocking the shit out of all these great artists. And Woody Allen's just like everyone you listed is great. You're a fucking idiot, you know. And so like that's kind of what, in a gentle way, Steve Martin and the L.A. sign are saying. Just like you're not really appreciating things if you're stuck in your head. Like right. be be here together you know yep. hug me says the sign and he hugs the sign yeah you know and that's so like it's like i think that's that's the argument it's making for la is like i know la is can be seen as vapid and silly and uh you know and it's really dumb sometimes but there's an honest feeling here and you should embrace it if you want to have a have a good life yep. and that's what she's convinced by when he kisses her right uh so what ends up happening is that he he's developed a feeling for her. He's they're they're doing something, but she sort of pushes him back. She's saying, "I can't be can't be putting my tongue in strangers' mouths right now," and <laughs> right. so that's that's the, the the sort of story that they're saying. But what ends up also happening after that is that basically, uh, he uh she he wants to get together with her and she goes, "I can't. I'm getting together with my ex." He doesn't realize who her ex is because right doesn't know yet doesn't know yet. Right. She is. I'm getting to get in my ex because we decided we would, I told him I would give it another try to see if we can make it work this weekend. But, and she, and he's like, Oh, okay. And he's very upset about it. So he goes to tell Sandy about it and she goes, Sandy, we can't, uh, uh, you know, we can't do anything because, you know, I was trying to get back together with this woman. And she goes, Oh, how does that make you feel? It's like, it makes me really angry. Cause like, well, why can't you go with her? He goes, because she's going around. It's like, Oh, that's terrible. And it's like, well, why don't you just go out with me instead this weekend? And he's like, well, I can't do that because then I'll be doing that to get revenge on her. And he goes, and I was like, I don't mind. Well, yeah, it's fine. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I know. And he's, like, okay. and he's like, I don't mind. And he's like, <laughs> and oh, he's okay. Like, well, he's like, well, 
I, I just don't think it'd be right to make love to you. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. We'll just have sex then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and she's just like, I don't know. Whatever. Let's just go away. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, let's, let's get in the car and let's right. go to Santa Barbara. Right. And they go to, uh, the, the, the chicken of the sea restaurant or, uh, hotel, which <laughs> is supposed right. to be, which by the way, those type of, uh, little, uh, 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 sort of, uh, 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 mission style, uh, hotels are all over the, yeah, the, coast. the fucking coastline. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sure. Right. So they go there and, uh, turns out that of course, both couples are booked into the same hotel and they next happen to have other. rooms right next to each other and they don't really realize it. Mm-hmm. Right. They go there. Um, they end up having sex. And uh, he ends up having sex with uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, and she grabs his hand and she puts it on her breast. This was a hilarious thing. Yeah, I think so like 80s Los Angeles, right? She right. goes, your breasts feel weird. She goes, oh, that's because they're real. That's because they're real. <laughs> Which, well, I just have to point out, that fits the theme. That's a yeah. joke that fits the theme. It's like oh. there's, the, there's the bullshit fake stuff. Yeah. But if you want the real deal, it's me. Right. You know, like that's, that's what the movie is. I, I always like, no matter how dumb the gag is, I like when movies connected to what the movie's trying to say. Like yep. keep on underscoring that shit. That's what yep. the writing is. So they end up having sex and then because their room next door and the room next door, they don't know that they're next to each other in their room. Uh, this gets, uh, the English guy all riled up to have sex with Tenet, and they're all like, it's like, Oh, look, they're all hearing each other have sex at different moments in time. And they're like, and uh and uh Steve Bunner's like, Oh, they're really doing it. And then Sarah Jessica Martin's like, Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, They're really going at it. It's like they're cheating on someone, right? And yeah. right, <laughs> exactly. Right? That's really enthusiastic. We must be cheating on somebody. Right. And then after their whole postcoital moment, they have these little things where their little bubbles are going up about who they're thinking about. Right. 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 And of course Steve Martin's thinking about the English girl, the English girl sang about Steve Martin. And then uh, the English guy is thinking about a, some Another dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Jessica Parker is just thinking about some dude as well, right? right. Which, uh, <laughs> like, which is which very is, Annie Hall as well. Which yeah. is very Annie Hall. Very and Annie also Hall. it's funny because like Richard E. Grant has become like a – like I said earlier, he becomes from like a, a gay icon in British culture. You know, right. like, he's, he's, like he's gone on to great uh, stage and film success and uh, – and this is like that's what he plays up now, as opposed to like just like as a, th- a throwaway gag in this movie. It actually became his entire public personality, which is pretty great. Yep. And so he's um, uh, they end up leaving, and they realize they're all next. They're living next to each other. Of course, Sandy and Rishi Grant have no idea. They don't care, and they're <laughs> like, "Oh, well, let's all go to dinner together." But then, of course, Steve Martin and uh, Victoria Tennant are very upset. Yes, right. They know because they all think they each of them cheated on each other when they each did it. So they're very upset yeah. about it. <laughs> they're both guilty and they're both angry. They're both guilty and they're both angry. Uh, so uh, at this point, they go to dinner and uh, <laughs> Sandy says, oh, I love this beach. I just want to spin and spin and spin, <laughs> right? Is like, it, yes, they have spin? A- <laughs> you can spin as much as you want here. All right. Um and so um they're not very happy about it and uh they they leave but um okay what I don't remember what happens cuz I saw it like 3 4 days ago now I can't remember. 
she. Well, they have she, a big fight on the beach, right? They, they have a big fight on the beach. Right, That's right. 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 And she says, I can't be with you. I can't be with these things. And she's very, very upset about it. Yeah. Um, like, and he goes, well, if you leave, I will, you know, well, how will you stop me from leaving? She goes, I will, because he's the weatherman, right? Um, I will change, I will change all the, uh, the, the, I will change the compasses on the plane. I will create all this crazy weather to prevent you from leaving. Um, which is the kind of the magical thing that happens in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, Uh, like, I will, my, my, my feelings for you will reverse the polarity of the earth. Then this all, like, you will not leave because my, my, my heart is too strong. my, My feelings are too strong. Right. Um, and, uh, so, what ends up happening is that she ends up trying to leave and uh, that ex- it, with the Enya music that happens, everything starts to, to happen. And then her entire plane is grounded, reversed, sent back to the gate. And she takes a cab, realizes that it's him, mm-hmm. takes a cab, goes back to his house and they kiss. At which point he grabs her and takes her, to the uh to the freeway sign and says this is the sign i was telling that told me about right. this i knew it was going to happen <laughs> and then uh anyway that's the they they're trying to do whatever they wanted to do and the sign says it always wanted to be a bagpipe <laughs> right <laughs> and then it goes back to being a sign a normal freeway sign right and it says everything clear <laughs> Yeah, right, and everything is right in the world again, and like, right. and like, and like, like, there's nice little thematic through lines because, like, the only other time, like, he's a weatherman. It's always seventy two and sunny, etc. Except for two times, right? Uh, right, which is the end of the movie when all the stuff he said would happen would happen because his feelings are so strong. Right, it basically grounds the plane and brings her back, and the storm, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, and also this... when he pre-records the weather. The yeah, yes, right, and so like, she yeah, did. Right. And so, yeah. And like, and when Sarah Jessica Parker, um, um, uh, when he meets her really for the first time, it's raining because right. she is that force. Yes. Right? And so like, uh, like it's, yeah, like I, I, like it's a light and easy movie, but I want to give Martin credit for the for things he wants. putting in the depth of it. Yeah, it exactly. has. Yeah. The layering. Exactly. I do. I feel like the casting was wrong though. That's my only problem. After sure. seeing it yep. all these years, yep. I felt like, there was, even though he might have been married to her, she just was flat, and there was nothing you'd want to run back to, like yeah, fight like it, for. There I think it maybe because they were actually involved, like they were afraid of, like they. That's right. They just didn't. They just didn't land the chemistry, right? And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And this is a little bit like yeah, there's way more chemistry between him and Sarah Jessica Parker. But like you're just like, honestly, that's who he should be with because she's amazing. <laughs> you know, right. um, and so they, 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 I think that they probably should have gone. I don't know who he should have cast for that, but like, oh, what's her name from the jerk? Oh yeah, Bernadette Peters, exactly. Bernadette Peters, yeah, exactly. Like exactly, yeah. that's exactly kind of like needs to have some element of the energy. So when there's a turnover, essentially, like you have to clear the clouds of the of uh, of her English heart, right? And in the end, she has to become herself as well. Like that's the journey that it has to be on, but she never really gets to do that. You don't get see anybody's journey, and you don't get the depth of anybody. Um, it, it's that's the very that's the problem with the film for me yeah. after seeing it all these years. But it was it's almost like I would have I would have dumped um, 
if, you know, if I was doing it, uh, but I would have dumped Mary Lou Henner mm-hmm. and just had him make it more like Stardust Memories or Manhattan, mm-hmm. where he meets surrogate Jessica Parker. And that's the start of something, you know, and then right. instead right. of she going off to school, he goes off with this woman and yeah, give more to her that role with her and what she teaches him. Right. Because you, you're introducing all these people and Mary Lou Henner and all their friendships and everything. It's like it, it just thinned it out and didn't give room to build what the the, the main characters should have had more um, juice. And, and Steve Martin carries it out because he's a strong actor. Yeah, and he's it's good. His the voice ideas are good. The script. He loves L.A. That's really clear. Like he's trying to layer layer it very well. And I think that that's what like for what Chris and I love about the movie is like what we love about the movie, I think is the LA ness is dead on. Like he really, yes, like the romance, that, the on. romance that he nails is his romance with LA. Like that's, that's what makes this movie work for me as well as it does. Well, I'm just like, that's like the sweetness and wonder that he feels here. And he makes an argument for, he makes the anti in, ma- in making a, a, a Woody Allen esque movie. He's making a, uh, well, he's making, he's making an anti, He's making an anti Woody Allen movie. Exactly. He, exactly. You know, he's, made, yeah. he's like, what if we made a Woody Allen movie, except instead of being about New York, it's about Los Angeles. It's about Los Angeles. That's and, what he and, and instead really of making, and, for it. and instead of basically saying Los Angeles is bullshit the way that Woody Allen does, it's like, right. yeah, it is, but isn't it wonderful? But isn't this, there is real, there's something real to this. As silly as it seems, there's something real to this, right. which yeah, is what he's saying. About, I'm, like, yeah. I'm just saying the chance for, there was opportunities in this viewing I to totally see that the script was really had a magic to it. It was very, you know, Steve Martin, but then he f- pulled in all these gags and the dinner. And I know the dinner army was supposed to show the friendship, but it's like, I, there was, it just, it lacked a certain, I think it's, it's always how I remember LA. I think it's a great homage to LA. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, there was an opportunity to really Sarah Jessica Parker was strong in this. Yeah, I agree. And she was so dynamic and cute, but there was something to her yeah, that, that it should have been like, you know, she guided him more and made him change yeah, more. I, I, and I feel like I think he needed Hannah. the English people there to offer the pretension. Oh, without a doubt, I think his argument yeah, is very no, clear. But that's still like, the that's love interest. Good. The love well, interest. Yeah, but, what Eric's saying, and, I, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, is like essentially Victoria Principal is not, isn't Annie Hall. She is Diane Keaton from Manhattan. Victoria like, Tennant. Victoria Tennant is like yes. that, right? And that's like that's really the role she's there to play. And right. like, um, and if she's going to turn into Annie Hall at the end of the movie, she's got to turn into Annie Hall. But instead, she stays. Diane Keaton from Manhattan, who is an unlikable jerk. Like she is a bat. She's a mean, shallow, hyper intellectual jerk, you know, and is just as bad as any of his other ex-wives. Right. And, uh, uh from, from uh, Annie Hall and, and like, like Victoria Tennant isn't that bad in this movie, but she never breaks out in the way that Martin himself breaks out. So the argument is unsuccessful. And so I think that that's the, that's, I agree with you, Eric. Like there's, they, there's a great missed opportunity for a yet better movie. Like there's a yeah, really sort of great work of when art. When they were at happens. the hotel or when they shot at the ambassador, when they were there, it was like, it should have been longer at the chicken of the sea. And it becomes more like the Neil Simon, um, you know, the, uh, yeah, with, yeah. with, at the Beverly Hills hotel. Yeah. And right. you know, there's other things that could have 
could have played out a little bit more, particularly right. on the beach scene, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the cat and mouse between his affection for her. Oh, I'll stay with her, you know? And because and, he really, he allows himself to get really sort of deep and strange in so many other ways that it's too bad that he doesn't follow his instincts with those other characters. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I just felt like there was opportunities that give more depth and mm -hmm. what his, his actions were and what he was trying to do. You can have him start off getting fired. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he meets Sarah, Jessica Parker right. and he's uh, maybe for a job interview because he needs new pants. Right. And then his ex-wife is her, his agent. He goes to meet his agent you know, for dinner to mm -hmm. talk about something and she's there and it's like, does it bother you? She's here. Cause you're excellent. No, I'm fine or whatever. So the point is just get rid of those characters and focus on him, his neighbors, Sarah, Jessica Parker, yeah, right? Build that little world. All right. These strong right. women. And I right. thought those two women were lovers too, right down the street. Yeah, that's the implication, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's perfect. Like the perspective of women, um, to change his life or help right. guide him. Yeah, so it's, it's just, all there. It's all it's all there it's to all be explored. There. It's just right. that it was just like after seeing it after all these years, I was like, God, I you know there wasn't yeah, enough there's, meat. There's something there that yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm and with I, you. I'm she would pardon me was a strong actress. Yeah, I'm, she, I hear you. All that to him, there was too many beats where it was just like, but you know, it was good. It, it holds up. Yeah, like the, the great stuff is great, and I think like I really recommend the movie. I think it's a really good movie, and the stuff that's great is like. It's great in a really it's unique... It's very funny, too. Let's just it's not forget. Funny. It's very funny. It's very sweet in a really in a very earnest way that I like. And, like, I love the argument of the movie. Like, I think it's a really unique, weird, weird movie. Like, I don't think it's a total success, like Eric is saying. And I think yep. there's another movie that they could have made out of it. But the yep. movie that they made is good. And it's a really it's good in a really fucking weird, inventive way that I, I can't think of another movie that's exactly like that. No, I, I'm still, I'm still very pro on it. I would, I would totally say, like, if, if you see this movie and you like it, definitely check out this other movie, Grand Canyon, like, which is the sort of more, uh, comedy drama version of this picture in a way. Um, but it's, uh, and it's successful in ways that this is not. And it has Steve Martin also in a great role. Uh, and it has a lot of the same flavors. It doesn't do what this movie does. But like it may fill out some of the stuff that it doesn't do. I'm going to give you another movie and I'll see if you agree with me. Another movie that I think is along the lines of this movie, which is like, kind of seems like a, no, a slightly silly movie, et cetera, but actually has a really amazing message underneath it that is incredible. And also very much about Los Angeles is uh, Blast from the Past. Oh, a great movie. Great movie. Great Living movie. Live and Die is a great film. Yeah, Live and Die. Oh, no, Live and Die. Great, yes, yeah. I know. I'm trying to go with the movies that are like, <laughs> you think are movies. silly and whatever. Yes. And That's a right. silly movie. Brendan Fraser, Blast from the Fast. Blast from the Fast. Terrific oh, movie. Alicia Silverstone was incredible. Yes. Too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And really Christopher good. Walken. Yes. Christopher and Walken's Walken great. And Sissy Spacek. Oh, good movie. Good movie. That's a yeah. good movie. Like, yeah. that, like that, that is, uh, I would say Blast from the Fast is that's not as deep as say Annie Hall, but it is much more successful at being like frivolously wonderful. Oh, and, absolutely. And it's just fucking, it's so you just watch it. You're like, I if fucking you don't love fall this. in love with Brandon Frazier and Alicia Silverstone, it's because both of them perfect. are just like yeah. very flawed and wonderful people at the yeah. same time. That's a lovely movie. That's, that's a, that's an underseen movie. That's a great movie. 
Really it's a rom-com. It's definitely a rom-com. Yeah, very light. Very, very, very breezy. light. But yeah. it is very good at Super what it does. Good. Super good. I would like, I, I wish that Alicia Silverstone just kept, and she shows up now and again, man. Yeah, like, she showed up in uh, How to Kill, <laughs> the Killing of a Sacred Deer. Dude, exactly, right? Yeah, like that's the kind of stuff, which is great. I love oh, it. Oh, wait. Love, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, what was good. she again? She's the mom. She's yeah. the mom of the kid. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. She's so, so good. good in that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, she's, she's a great actor. very talented great. actress. Yeah, I love her. I love and her. And does not do that much film. All right, listen, no. guys, we're going really late, and I have to get going. Uh, <laughs> right so this one went a little long. Sorry about that. I know we had a, we did a long time ramping up as well, so I'm probably going to cut out some of that for the actual podcast, which I do. Uh, but anyway, listen, thank you so much for attending our annual uh, birthday bash. Uh, Happy last birthday. Time, Happy birthday. <laughs> last time was Guilty Pleasures. This there is uh, our love letters to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate it. Eric, thank you for joining us. And remind us, for your birthday, we will do something thank special as well. Thank you for joining well. us? Yes, thank you for joining us. I, I, no, I thought you were the people. Yes. Oh, sorry. not you. you. And Eric, thank no, you for no, joining no, us. No, no. It's like, Fine, you, I joined Eric, you, sorry, it's, that came out wrong. <laughs> Eric, remind <laughs> us that we need to do something for your birthday, right? That's right. Yes. yes. So, yes. so when, and uh, so that's what we'll do. But for, for, but for everyone else, thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and uh, all right, you guys ready to do this? Yes. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.